Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference and no infringement is intended. Hello, welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show. Every single Friday, we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of these sharky movies is Alexander Chard. Hello. Alison Holland. It's true, I'm here. And the Thomas McCann. I am also here. Not any Thomas McCann. The. The, the very one. The, you know, if you've heard of a Thomas McCann, it was probably this one. I'm like Highlander. If I find another Thomas McCann, I have to seek them out <laughs> and just eliminate them because there can be only one. So, yeah. Highlander is just about Thomas McCann's yeah. running around <laughs> trying to like lop each other's heads off. The Mac- like McCann must change the McLeod to protect my clan's identity. <laughs> protect IP property <laughs> rights. <laughs> I think you'll find out that we've all changed our last names to Brody. That's right. Truth. That is correct. We're all now Brody. We've discovered if you put Brody, if you replace your last name, try it at home with us listeners. Replace your last name with the word Brody. It and sounds your life good. will improve it <laughs> exponentially. <laughs> We are here to talk about the Meg for really no reason at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> we did all the Jaws movies. We voted on the reef and then we were like, got scared for a second, thought maybe that would be a good one to finish on. We just secretly wanted to keep spending time together. Yeah, virtually. well, we, there's more, there are other series we can do. <laughs> I wanted to spend time with Jason Statham, actually. That's a real... That was <laughs> I'll be honest, I did want to rewatch the Meg, so that's a good excuse. But also, yeah, I think our reasoning was Jaws was... The first summer blockbuster adapted from a book about a sharky. It was also genuinely scary. So we went with the reef for the scary. And this is for the summer blockbuster adapted from a book, which this is. And then we weirdly found out three out of four of us have read the first book at least. Yep. So interesting. There are six books I learned. No there way. are six books. That's we'll get to it. too many. Is it? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. It's five too many. <laughs> So yeah, the Meg 2018, it gets a 5.7 out of 10 on the old IMDb's. But before we get into it, if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on to all of your contraptions and type in weird geeks like a mad person just mashing keys randomly. Find us, rate us, subscribe us. It helps us out a whole damn bunch because we do all this for free. We don't do patrons. We don't do banner ads. And by the love of everything, there's a topless Jason Statham. We're not going to try and sell you any Jason Statham calendars. I would I buy mean, one of those. I would buy that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, maybe sure. we should sell them. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement, so we'll buy those. <laughs> we'll change it to Jason Brody, though. Yeah. Jason Brody. Exactly. Excellent. Glad we've done that. So, before we get a movie, I'd like to look at the top 10 films of the said year, which was only a couple of years ago. How exciting. Oh, it was. Uh, who's got that? I've got that for you, Al. Oh, thanks, Alex. What a list it is. I will tell you this, though. The film we're reviewing today, The Meg, did not make the top 10. What? No. Came in at 15. Wow. Making 530 million worldwide. Just shy. So, coming in at number 10, starting us off is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Terrible movie. Very confusing. Just the second one? Yeah. Grindelwald's a little uh, village in Switzerland I used to go skiing in. So I'm always intrigued by what crimes they get up to. Watch the movie and find out. You would know. 
I haven't seen either of those yet. I'll be honest, because like, I think they're going to make a whole bunch of Fantastic Beasts, whether they're people want them or five. not. Yeah, and I'm just going to wait and watch them all at the end. I really like the first one. It's very charming. Charming. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm. Coming in at number nine, <laughs> Deadpool DOS or two. What a also very charming movie. <laughs> the fun continues. <laughs> I genuinely think, I think if Deadpool 1 hadn't come out, so we hadn't been kind of numbed to that humor by Deadpool 2, I think Deadpool 2 is a better movie. That's my personal feelings. Hmm. Fair, fair. Coming in number eight, Mission Impossible Fallout. Since oh, the best. Tommy doing some of these crazy stunts. He's shooting two more back to back, isn't he? I think at the moment. Well, not right now, obviously. He's hopefully in his house under lock. I mean, you know, he's, he's made a deal I'm with sure NASA to film. Yeah, he's shooting the first space. movie in in the International Space Station, but not a Mission Impossible film. Apparently, something else. Do you think he has to do these stunts because it's sort of like a way that he compensates for his height? I mean, that's a, yes. that's, that's a question for his therapist. Yes. <laughs> I've actually just been listening to a whole bunch of podcasts where they're going through all of Tom Cruise's like 80s and 90s movies and hearing his history, his personal history is very interesting to understand yeah. his psychology, like listening to his blue collar upbringing. Yeah, like the things he did when he first came to Hollywood, his trajectory, when he got into Scientology, which was really through a woman who his first wife like brought him into Scientology because she was, she was born into it. Very, it's a fascinating history, his life. Hmm. Oh, that does sound interesting. Old Tommy Cruise. Anyone seen Cocktail from the 80s with Tom Cruise? Classic. That's the one I listened to last night was Cocktail. <laughs> my sister had that poster on her bedroom wall. Anyway, enough about my family. Coming in at number seven, <laughs> Venom. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, I still haven't seen this, but I really, I, it's always been on my list just for the fact that it was so critically panned, but seemed to be loved by made, a lot of made people. Made a lot of money. Yeah. Made so much money. Yeah, we're getting more of them. And it's canon, technically, now. MCU canon. Is there going to be some overlap? Is it sort it, of multiverse sort of style? It is multiverse canon, yeah. So it'll be there with the, Morbius te- and whatever they're an, doing next. Anything's multiverse canon, though, that you, that, you, know, <laughs> That's true. you can pretty much say We anything. are living a spider oh, multiverse canon. Right canon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Coming to number six, Bohemian Rhapsody. Hmm. Yeah. Ali's fan of that, aren't you, Ali? Yeah, Just I liked it. I, I mean, really, it's, I really liked it. It's fun if you like Queen music. It's just basically yeah. a, a concert. Yeah, I agree with that. I think people took it way too seriously. It's like if you're a fan of the music, it's just a celebration of their music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a really you don't good really, point. You're not there to no learn music. much. Yeah. There was like times through when I was watching it where I couldn't help but think that Rami Malek was doing like an Austin Powers impression, but <laughs> that was just me. <laughs> oh, that he was great. Coming number five. <laughs> Oh, what a film. I think this is probably Al's favorite film of all time. Aquaman. <laughs> He's got a, uh, His favorite drumming. comedy. <laughs> I'll be honest. Look, I came out of that movie broken. And then after about a week, I was telling everybody to go see the movie because I think it's that bad <laughs> that everybody needs to see Aquaman. Do you think this is the height of the DC EU? I mean, Tom and I actually went to see um, Birds of Prey together before I left London. And I think that's actually my favorite DCU movie. And mm. I don't love it. Okay. So <laughs> that's the scale that yeah. DCU's on for me. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention, so Aquaman was five. And so from this point on, including Aquaman, everything has broken the billion dollar mark. Wow. wow. Uh, that's so, over $5 billion, Alex. Yep. Well, actually, number one's cracked $2 billion. Holy shit. But we'll get to we that. Know what, I think we know what up, that movie is. <laughs> number four is The Incredibles 2. Hmm. 
this was fun. It wasn't too oh, bad. No, I did yeah. watch it. I, I, oh, all I, I remember about this movie is fucking being stressed about a fucking baby for the entire movie. Like, that's yeah. all I remember. The baby and the raccoon scene are prime. It's a good interaction. No, it just was prime birth control, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number three, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Wow. Well, with our new podcast structure, we'll get to it at some point. Oh, Ooh. yes. From the director of The Orphanage. Let me, let me Two, I you. will be on that yeah. podcast. Two Not very different halves. <whistles> yeah. Coming in number two, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, making $1.3 just a, a hair more than Jurassic World, and coming in at number one. Wait, wait, wait. Tom has words. Look at him. No, I'm, I'm just kind of amazed at how much of this top 10 i just completely forgotten about like it's only two years ago i've seen all these movies well most of them and it's like oh i literally haven't thought about that film since i came out of the cinema watching it yeah it's because it's because most of them aren't that great i don't know if that yeah i don't know if that says more about the films or more about me and my rapidly diminishing memory bit of both probably bit of both yeah well tom you can tell us how forgettable this one is because coming in making two billion dollars at number one is avengers infinity war which one is that now? Is that the one with the... Uh... Al, could you do the score, please? The <laughs> Avengers theme? Oh, shit, you put me on the spot. I think that's one of like the greatest scores to sneak up on you. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> when the first films came out, it wasn't that great a score at all. But over the years, they've just battered us down yeah. <laughs> until you hear that piano note of the ding. Yeah, and now when I hear it, I just cry. Just it's instant, yeah. instant tears. Yeah. <laughs> what a refrain. Uh, thank you, Alex. That was illuminating as always. People made a lot of money that year. Oh, some big bucks. Which is lucky because two years Not later, us four. they're going to be making no money two years later right now. <laughs> so. no, no billionaires. <laughs> Good they are. I hope they put that in the savings, old Disney. And they oh, save, oh shit, the our parks are going to be closed for six months. And we're going to lose, what is it, $6 Sorry, I also didn't mention that um, Solo, A Star Wars Story, came in at 23. Whoa. The, mm, go no listen to Alex and I talk about Solo Whoa. and Christina. It's controversial. And, and fucking fight us. <laughs> yeah. That was the most, one of the most awkward moments of my life, and I've had plenty. We're sitting at the big end-of-year table next to Alex and these two basically strangers on the table with us. And then Solo comes up and Alex and I put it in contention for most underrated movie of the year. And they both start mocking us through laughter and watching As Alex become livid with anger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was, I was enraged. Oh, why was I enraged? But very quiet about it. So if you want to hear Alex just gradually become quite quiet, just go and listen to that episode. <laughs> No, I think there was a point when, because I was talking and they were sort of just doing staggering laughing and, and saying stuff amongst themselves, where I stop and say, well, why don't you tell me what you don't like about it? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you like fucking fun in your life, bunch of bastards? It's like, if you're just going to laugh at me, fucking use your voice, speak up. That's what you're doing this podcast, though, the amount of people I've met. Because then it became cool for a little bit. People go, oh, yeah, Solo is all right. That's pretty cool. And, like, and when they ask your opinion, it's just like, just go and listen to the last 10 minutes of the podcast where you sum up your feelings. Because like, I never need to talk about it again. I don't need to justify it. I feel we make great cases in that episode. All right. I'm feeling angry. Um, <laughs> who's got the spookies? Because apparently the Meg is a spooky film. Uh, that would be I me. What, I don't know what we're doing anymore. Nah. I've got some spookies for you. Quite a lot, actually. 
All right. Ooh. Here we go. Some good... Alex Alex is going to talk us through them with you, Tom. All right. There's some good original spookies this year, I have to say. I was impressed. <laughs> All right. Starting with one I only watched a couple of weeks ago, Summer of 84. Ah, uh, yeah. It was... Uh... <laughs> I can't Every do one it. of these synopses <laughs> might, might start with, oh yeah. It's the oh, yeah. Summer of 84. Uh, um, summer of Summer 69 sequel, Brian Adams. Yeah, that, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, uh, you, you liked that movie, didn't you, Tom? You, you, I loved you suddenly it. texted me. Like, I, 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 love, I, said, I loved it. I was very pleasantly surprised. The ending of it is, you have to see the ending of it. Yeah, yeah. Brian Adams does this Do you have crazy to see the rest or can you just skip to the I'm, all, you know, I do, I'm very conscious of any spoilers. So, yeah, no, it's very good. Also, we had Annihilation. Mm. Yeah. Now, I like Hoppen. this movie. I, like I, this hate, movie. I hate the last fucking scene, or last frame. But we've had this conversation. Unlike now. Summer of 84. Okay. Any film that just ends with someone almost looking at the camera with their eyes glowing can just be burnt. Okay. Just spoilers. Oh, haven't seen no, no, it. No. <laughs> Annihilation. <laughs> I was thinking of the wrong movie. Uh, another successful little indie new title, Bird Box. Oh, is this the Sandra Bullock one? The blind yeah. one? The, ne- the everyone Netflix then one? was yeah. blindfolding themselves and trying yeah. to drive their cars yeah. down the street. <laughs> Don't do it at home, kids. Just because yep. Sandra Bullock does it, it doesn't mean you should. We also had Mandy featuring the one and only Nicolas Cage. Actually, on that same podcast that More we were talking arguments. about with Alex, yeah, yeah there was a big <laughs> argument between me and Laura. Laura. But that, that was prepped because she fucking lives her life by Mandy and I watched it and hated it. So we had like a big argument. That was a good one. That you was, that, that was the kind of Mandy. argument that we want. Oh, yeah, I hate Mandy. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're not invited to these uh, shows. <laughs> Another very successful movie, I think, A Quiet Place. Did all right. I still yep. see still buses in London going past with adverts for a quiet place too on them. Even yep. though, yep, <laughs> we should have seen it in March. They still have yeah. them around here. They're like in theaters, that. March twentieth. Yeah. It's like it's like a constant reminder when you see it of like the last three months of lockdown and quarantine. <laughs> it's like a relic from the before times. Yep. Yeah. So obviously, this year we've had Bird Box, which deprived us of sight, and we had Quiet Place, sound and hearing. We didn't have a smell film this year. When no, but, so, we, <laughs> but we but we did have a film that deprived us of heads with Hereditary. Oh, mm. there we go. Mm-hmm. That was that a good segue. transition. Yeah, that was very like good. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, just those, that little run, Annihilation, Bird Box, Mandy, Quiet Place, Hereditary, in terms of like original you mm-hmm. know, yeah. horror movies, it's pretty, that's pretty strong, right? No, no, but when I say yeah. I don't like some of these movies, it doesn't mean I'm not happy that they exist. Yeah, <laughs> sounds not, like it. Not for me. <laughs> uh, well, then no, no, there's ones I haven't seen. Cam, C A M, Cam. Anybody seen Cam? Yeah, I've seen this. Is, it, is Cam like a camera or a person? Or I think in the end it ended up going to Netflix, but it was a real darling out of Fantastic okay. Fest, uh, the year that we play Fantastic Fest. It's based on parts of a true story about a woman who's webcamming, but then it's taken to sort of fantastical horror cool. levels. Right. We had Cam, we had Mom and Dad. That's the Nick Cage, like where all the parents suddenly want to murder their children, basically. Yeah, two so, Nick Cage movies. What do you mean movies? suddenly? It's a real life Has drama. Has that not always been the case? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a documentary. Uh, Overlord. <laughs> Overlord was the massive film that everyone thought was going to be Cloverfield Four, set yeah. in the past in the world in World War One, wasn't it, Ali? We saw that at Fantastic Fest as well. I did not because I was not there the first week. Oh yeah, I missed oh, yeah. the You're Overlord more, party. Doing other things too important. I don't even remember what I was doing. I, I remember like you were going a f- to a wedding. Family. You were going to a wedding. Your boyfriend oh. had a wedding that you went oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's whose farm we just spent a week on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it up now, Allie. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Too busy for a world premiere. 
Yeah, Overlord was playing. It was I didn't really like it to be honest. It was a big budget just zombie movie in Nazi Germany right. that should have been really fun, but instead it was just like I've seen this a million times before. Why why were there rumors that it was Cloverfield 4? Because it's from Bad Robot Productions and oh, they right. hinted at it. Like there was so much like stuff going on that it was like something's happening in this movie that you don't know and it's like there's going to be a twist. So everyone obviously at that point every movie that no one knew what it was was Cloverfield at that point. Yeah, I don't think there'll um, be any more Cloverfields after Cloverfield Paradox. I think there will be. Well, I hope it's better than that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Isn't Cloverfield? Let's not do it. Let's, right. crack on. Let's crack on. There's quite a lot of these. All right, Slenderman. Yeah, Anyone? this was a movie that got into a lot of trouble because they took a true story of a, yeah. of a suicide. And yeah. Unsane? Unsane? This is Steven Soderbergh's <laughs> one shot on an iPhone. Uh, oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. That yeah, title gets me every time. But yeah, the worst title of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And now we have all the remakes and the spin-offs and all the rest of it, starting with I think this is an adaptation of a stage play, isn't it? Ghost stories? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was cool. right. That was a British Yeah. Quite big budget for Britain anyway. Like a little horror anthology. It was right. Is that the one Martin Freeman's in? Yeah. All right. Day of the Dead, Bloodline. We'll get to it one day with Christina and Haruka on a Romero show. Uh, ready? Suspiria, the remake. Whatever. <laughs> the big budget arty Suspiria. <laughs> big budget remake, Halloween. The number one money-making slasher of all time. Wow. As opposed to The Nun. I covered it. Covered it. Yeah. Covered it. Shannon's favorite film, I think. <laughs> all right, here we go. Sequels. Here's the, here's the number twos. Unfriended, Dark Web. It's actually pretty good. Cool. It's better than Unfriended. How about The Strangers, Prey at Night? Mm. It's all right. And we have the threes. We have the Cloverfield Paradox, previously mentioned. Alex doesn't like it. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. Piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and then we had, we had two number fours. We had Insidious, The Last Key. Watched talked it. To, done it. We talked about it. And the confusingly titled fourth movie, The First Purge. Yeah, we covered that too. Not to be yeah. confused with The First Purge, which is just Purge. It's different. It's like they're going with the Microsoft <laughs> Xbox way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go all the way from fours to ten, and there's two tenth sequels with Children of the Corn Runaway. Apparently, it's not the worst <laughs> of the Children of the Corn movies. And then, Wait, did you say that's the tenth? The tenth mm. Children of the Corn movie? Wow, I didn't yeah. realize there were that many. You, you'll notice they're not on our PDF of possible franchises. <laughs> <Options>. <laughs> I, I couldn't even get through the first one. So. I really like the first Children of the Corn movie. To be fair. I really like it. It's a good look. You're in luck, Tom. There are nine more, <laughs> at least. Awesome. I did also didn't realize there was this many of the Hellraisers. Hellraiser Judgment, the tenth in the franchise. Yeah, we've covered it. I've yeah. been through that. And then, which I feel is going to be on all these lists, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, the twelfth in the Puppet Master Yeah, we will get to those little, little bastards, yeah. for sure. So there we go. That was the horrors for 2018. Thank you, Thomas McCann. So into that comes The Meg. Which, is it a horror movie? Is it a horror movie, or is it the perfect segue into our future series that will be genre and not horror? <laughs> Are we smarter than we seem, potentially? We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, like I said, 2018, 5.7 out of 10, directed by John Turtle Taub. Turtle Taub? I don't know how you say his name. But this is the man who brought you National Treasure. Morning, Cage. He brought you Phenomenon. He brought you While You Were Sleeping, that strange <laughs> coma romance. And he brought you Cool Runnings. Can you believe it? Holy wow. shit. Written by Dean Diogaris, who wrote Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, Paycheck, The Manchurian Candidate, The Brave TV Show, Bluff City Law TV, The Baker and the Beauty TV. Does a lot of TV now. Also by John Huber. Huber? 
Just say Brody uh, if you can't. If you can't. Yeah, <laughs> Brody. Robert Brody, who did Red, uh, they did Battleship, they're doing the upcoming Naruto movie, which I didn't realize was happening, and they just did that one, My Spy, you know that one? Oh yeah. Oh, is that the one with uh, Dave Batista? Batista, yeah. That's also on buses here in London. That's Yes. <laughs> so, it's a mixed, you know, you've got a writer who's done, honestly, not great work, but commercially fairly successful, and then you've got another couple of writers who've done Battleship. <laughs> Uh, DP by Tom Stern. This is a good. This is a good DP though. He did Mystic River, Million Dollar Baby. I mean, did loads of Clint Eastwood films. Flags of Our Fathers, Letters from Iwo Jima, Grand Torino, the terrible, horrible piece of propaganda that is American Sniper, fifteen seventeen to Paris, and The Hunger Games, and then music by someone that at least three of us will know pretty well. Harry Gregson Williams. He did the Tigger movie. He did Spy Girls. He did Shrek. X-Men Origins, Narnia, Bridget Jones, yet yeah, Reason, Team America, Man of Fire, Prince of Persia, Cowboy and Aliens, Mulan, the upcoming one. But three of us might know him because he does all of the music for Metal Gear Solid. I'm not good at those games. Well, <laughs> they got great scores. They really Great do. scores. I wish I was better at them. Starring Jason Statham as Woo-hoo. Jonas Taylor. All right. We don't need to say what films he's been in. He is the Statham. Who's that? The Jason mechanic. Brody? <laughs> <laughs> we got Bing Bing Lee as Suyin. Is that how you pronounce it? He pronounces the name differently. So Suyin. I know Suyin. That's how it's spelled. Suyin. In, the movie, Shuyin in the movie, it sounds... Maybe I mean, Suyin. maybe they're bad at pronouncing it in the movie. <laughs> hey, I think you find Jason Statham is absolutely perfect to Chinese. <laughs> she is a big actress from China. She's also a singer. She was in Transformers Age of Extinction and Resident Evil Retribution for American audiences. Uh, we've got Rain Wilson as Morris. He's, of course, from the American version of The Office. He's a very dark, dark role in Super, that strange superhero movie. And he was in Juno. We've got Cliff Curtis as a Mac. People know him from Sunshine, Whale Rider, Doctor Sleep, Hobbs and Shaw, Fear the Walking Dead. And he's going to be in Avatar 2, 3, 4 and 5, apparently. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. And he's basically, if you go through his CV, he has played every ethnicity in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like him a lot. He's just like yeah, a very likable actor. He's great. Actor. He's really great. Uh, we've got Winston Chow as Zhang. He's in The Wedding Banquet, which is a very classic movie. He's also in 1911. Loads of big Chinese movies that I'll be honest, I haven't heard of, but it seems like he's a big deal. We've got Shuya Sophia Tsai as Mei Ying, as the little granddaughter, who's not been in, she's only been in two, in two things. And then we've got Roby Ru, Rose, Ru, Ruby Rose <laughs> as Jax with two Roby X's. Ruse. <laughs> Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. That is good. <laughs> That's a good alter ego name. I can't even get out her name because I just, I, I'm not going to say I don't like her because she might be a lovely human being, but I hate her in movies. Oh, agree. <laughs> She's Aussie, isn't she? Uh, I mean, I, I just like looking at her. Oh, I can't stand to look at her. Really? I, like I just like. I could look at her for a long time. Oh, all I want to do is just shave all that fucking hair off. It drives me insane. I mean, in, she in, in all the movies, look but in, beautiful if in you this one her in particular. Off doesn't do it for me but so you like actor. the scene where he says what's up with your hair how is that not every scene in this movie it's so it's all i can think about for this entire fucking movie it's like what the fuck is happening to your goddamn hair? <laughs> she's batwoman but apparently she just left batwoman oh. so that didn't last for long so she's not uh, i mean they literally just started and she's yeah like, they, they just finished the first season and then she was she's out yeah hmm Pitch Perfect 3, Orange is New Black, Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, XXX or Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. 
And then we've got Paige Kennedy as DJ, who's in the Russia TV show, Desperate Housewives and Weeds, and Kelly the dog as Pippin the dog. Yay, Pippin. <laughs> which, which I'm always like, why the fuck? If a dog's just, who cares what it's called in the film? But apparently it's called Pippin the dog as a nod to Jaws because the Labrador is called Pipit in Jaws. Why didn't they just call it Pippet then? I don't know. Why did they just call it Brody? That would have been a way better reference. Yeah, yeah that's or true. Quince Everything or... should be Brody. <laughs> this movie was made for <sighs> somewhere between 130 and 178 million dollars. I get the impression there was some Chinese investment in this film. How what did you get that impression? What makes you think that, Alex? <laughs> it, was, it was marketed for $140 million, a rare movie where we know the marketing budget. So it was going to need to break over $300 million to break even. Did it? $530 million worldwide. 15, number 15 on the list. But not as much as they, I think they thought. They thought. I think they wanted it to pass a billion. They're clearly setting this up as a Jurassic Park level movie. So it's 1996. Let's go way back. And a man called Steve Alton writes a book called The Meg. And before it's even published, Disney's Hollywood picture acquired the rights. Now, let's put ourselves in that mindscape. 1996, we're what, like four years after Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. The book yeah. is clearly, clearly. So three of us have read that book. I've read four of the books, but uh, they were so long ago. I don't remember it. Very well, this well. was like because I remember not just Jurassic Park, but I remember Michael Crichton was like. Remember they made Congo? Like it felt like they were just snapping yeah, up all everything. his books. So if you come along three years later with the Meg, it, yeah, it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like the book basically reads like Jurassic Park light. It's like yeah, I'm going to take this basic <laughs> cool idea and I'm going to put a bit of science in there, but I only bothered to read like one little PDF of science rather yeah. than. <laughs> and I'm just going to repeat the one fact that stuck with me from the Wikipedia page about sharks. Yep. Basically. For 350 pages, however long it is. Talk a lot about women's platinum blonde hair and about those ampullae Lorenzen, whatever. What did we decide it was? Ampullae of Lorenzini. Lorenzini. It's the little speckles on the Like black nose. pepper speckles on the nose of the shark. <laughs> <laughs> Was the book for young adults or it was like a, just a... It's for everybody. It was taught in American schools. Yeah, it's apparently for school. Yeah, it was taught in American schools. Which is a terrible idea. I mean, it was bad. I remember, so the first time I ever heard about the book, The Meg, Al, was when you told me about it. I remember one time, I think you were just reading it at the time, or maybe you'd read it previously. But I remember distinctly, like, distinctly remember being in your living room or whatever, and you tell me about this book you're reading called The Meg, and you talk really excitedly about how it's set in like in the Marianas Trench, and like you basically laid out the concept of like the Marianas Trench and how deep it's based in the world, but like what if, like we don't know what's going, we don't know what's down there, and so apparently maybe apparently there could be these massive prehistoric and you spun this yarn about the book and I remember being like really taken by this like wow that's (laughs) I have to say I don't know I don't know how long ago that was Tom but he did the same thing for me two years ago oh really (laughs) yes (laughs) so I had I may or may not have stock investment in the uh, Meg novel (laughs) series I had not read it yet but Al knowing how much I love sharks and knowing that this movie was going to come out soon, within two years or so, or a year or so, was telling me 
how amazing this book is that <laughs> he hasn't read in a long time but he remembers loving it he read multiple <laughs> it's so based in science that it was taught in science classes <laughs> in school and I had already read Jurassic Park and I loved how much they spoke about actual science oh, and genetic dude. research in Jurassic Park and I was like I'm gonna fucking love this book and Sean ended up buying it for me as a surprise and I started reading it and was like, this book is so sexist and so racist and not scientific at all. It's awful. It's so bad, but it's uh, great. That's amazing. Yeah, see, I so, didn't get around to reading it. I didn't read it till years <laughs> later, but that, like, it stuck with me, that idea. The whole concept of the book just stuck with me. as like something I was really excited about. And it wasn't until years later I finally got around to reading it. Um, Listen, I do want a caveat. <laughs> <laughs> when I read it, I was in my early 20s. Tom and I were watching a lot of straight-to-DVD slasher movies. And I was watching also every single shark movie that was made. And there weren't many, but there were a lot like going straight-to-DVD. It was really bad, like the Shark Attack trilogy. This is all way before Sharknado, you know. And there were some Megalodon ones that were coming out. And I was, I was like, yeah, like we talked about in previous episodes. Like I grew up just reading every shark book. And like I was fascinated by sharks and all that stuff. And the idea of the Megalodon was always like, excited me greatly i ended up spending a lot of money like i spent years when i was traveling to america trying to find a bright megalodon tooth which i have back in england actually i don't oh do i have it here somewhere you found uh, one no i know i bought like a really oh. beautiful one but i wanted to get one that i really really loved i want to find so one. I got, like this huge like megalodon tooth but i was really really into them like really into them and then i found out about these books and I, yeah i was watching all these shitty straight to dvd movies so my <laughs> barrier was very low <laughs> I was just very excited. And yeah, I do think the setup was like, great. The setup were like in the books because we're not going to get into it in the film. But the setup does go into the stupid history of when the Ice Ages came because the last recorded Megalodons were just before Ice Age. And he gets into the theory of what if the... Because the Ice Age obviously didn't just happen. It was a slow thing. And what if it was pushing the sharks and the other creatures out of the warm waters lower and lower until they hit the thermal vents and the thermal cloud as they're going to use here, which is not accurate, but we'll get to that. And to the bottom of the Mariana Trench would it be an entire ecosystem for them to survive in. Underneath potentially tectonic plates, there's a whole thing in the book to do with the tectonic plates and shifting and then them being freed and all this other stuff that's going on. And it was one of those things where it's like, it was just very, obviously, you know, it's probably not true, but much like the X-Files, it's just like, I wanted to believe. <laughs> just like, uh, we've explored four to 6% of Mariana Trench. So you're like, well, maybe. Why not? Why not? Well. Oh, Ali, what's happening? You're about to confirm Megalo Megalodons I, do still exist. I am here to confirm. No, but before you forget, and let me just segue in this way, this week's shark facts are obviously themed around the Meg. Yes. Uh, so I can share some statistics about the likelihood of them still being around. I well, can why are you doing that? Let's sprinkle the facts through this week. Sprinkle them. <laughs> so I yeah, just quickly do Googled one now. Megalodon and... A thing came up called a coprolite, and I was like, what is that? Fossilized feces. And there's some fossilized Ooh. megalodon feces. There you go. That's exciting. <laughs> How much? Holy shit. How much? How it? much? Uh, I don't know. I'll make it my background so you can see it. Oh, okay. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ali, your time is over. We're going to move on. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I kept <laughs> look at that face. Uh, I kept reading the books until four, and then I stopped because I yeah, obviously they were they're very 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 terrible. But I was very <laughs> excited for many years because as I was reading the books, it was about the time when we're getting to some of the history now. So if it's cool, we'll come back to you in a second. Okay. 
So, 1996, like I said, Disney Hollywood Pictures bought the rights to the novel for about a million dollars. Tom Wheeler, who wrote Puss in Boots, uh, the greatest Shrek movie, and Ninjago, the movie he'd gone to write, he was hired to write it, but they didn't like it. So, they then brought in Jeffrey Bohm, who had written Inner Space. He'd written the last... Alex has just changed his background to some fucking prehistoric shark poop. It looks like you just put some googly eyes on it and it would like come Jeez. alive. Yeah, this is the writer of Inner Space, The Lost Boys, uh, The Dead Zone and Lethal Weapon 1, 2 and 3. He did a take on it. They didn't like it either. And then it got to 1999 and Deep Blue Sea came out, which made a whole ton of money. Uh, and Disney got gun shy because like, well, we've missed our window now because we can't have two big shark movies. So the rights then reverted back to Steve Alton the writer of the book. So he got so fed up with how long it was taking for anything to happen because he just so desperately wanted to make this movie. He wrote his own screenplay. He, wrote, he adapted his own book himself. <laughs> There's just a nightmare of like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex, is that to scale? Because I see your, like your head compared to the size of the ship. Do you true. reckon that's scale size? I think that poop cool, is to scale. <laughs> if you order it online is that what comes through the post just like the size just, of a small minivan like, like, like that is an actual shit like that's what it, actually that's the size of it if it was behind alex on his wall like that is how big the meg shit is oh, i love it oh, i'm gonna get a confirmation on size <laughs> so steve alton adapted the book himself and then he got it to Nick Nunziata who then took it to Guillermo del Toro Shit. and Guillermo del Toro took it to New Line Cinema and by 2005 reports were surfacing that the project was going to be done at New Line for 75 million dollars and this is where I remember it was Jean de Bont as director the director of Speed the director of Twister so a bit of a 90s relic even by that point to be honest and I remember being concerned I was like we don't want a mid 90s action director <laughs> 10 years later doing this movie. But Guillermo del Toro was set to produce it and Shane Salerno was writing it, who had written... He was one of the writers in Armageddon. He wrote Shaft. He's writing Avatar 3. There's a lot of Avatar... Everyone's apparently <laughs> working on Avatars. But he had also written Alien vs. Predator 2 Requiem. <laughs> so, you know, a real mixed bag of like the director of Speed, Guillermo del Toro, and the writer of Alien vs. Predator 2 Requiem were going to be making this movie. But the budget was too big for New Line, so they halted the production, and then Steve Alton got the rights back yet again. And then it wasn't until... fella. Yeah, I mean, he was desperate. And it wasn't until 2015 that Warner Brothers announced that they were going to do an adaptation with the writers that we talked about. Their original director, though, Eli Roth, was going to be the original director oh, of the wow. Meg. And I remember all of the details, because I was fucking on it. I was like, every week, what's up with the Meg? I was when on their is official the Meg going to be made? <laughs> Uh, honestly, for like 10 years, <laughs> I was so hyped about what I the would fuck is this I would happening. much rather watch Eli Roth's version of this movie. Well, do you want to know why his version didn't happen? Because he was making it and then he, he walked. Because he wanted it to be a horror movie and they decided not. Well, you have three reasons. Number one, he wanted it to be R-rated. Mm-hmm. Yes, horror. Number two, while keeping it at $150 million budget. <laughs> <laughs> and if that didn't stick it enough, number three, he wanted to star in the movie as Jonas. <laughs> oh, no wow. way. Oh, and they were like, uh, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Otherwise, he would have... Can you, if he had just said, look, let's do it for $75 million, let's do it for $50 million, R-rated, 
yeah, keep Statham. Like, fuck me, man. I would watch that movie. <laughs> but no. So he walked. He was then replaced by John Tolltale because he's a very safe director to use for this stuff. He makes, you know, family movies that make money. And they shot from October 13th, 2016 in West Auckland, New Zealand and finished in January the 4th, 2017 in Sanya City, China. And they brought in the Statham because he is a Statham. He was on a real high at that point, of course, from Fast and Furious. Uh, a little bit of nice little knowledge, by the way. Jason Statham, I discovered during this research, represented England in diving for the 1990 Commonwealth Games. Huh? Oh, That's wow. why he does some good swimming in this because he is a serious swimmer. He's he got really a, a pretty swimming. solid dive in one of the, mm. one of the scenes. That makes sense. Yeah, and does. he's got a fantastic physique. Yes, it's all right, isn't too. It? It's all right. We're not the only ones who notice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, we're getting into. I mean, again, I'm not going to claim any of us three are really in the weeds on the book anymore. But Ali read yeah. it only a couple of years ago. I did a refresh. The biggest thing. There's two big details at the end of the movie that I remember from the book, and them being different in the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more smaller details that I have since forgotten, but the big ending is, we can talk about that. And there's mildly less Chinese involvement in the book. Well, in the book, it's not in China. It's islands in Japan, outside of Weird. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know how you were saying that the book is quite sexist and racist? Yes. What specific, I mean... You, like, what angle is it coming at that makes it those things? It's very much, which the movie, there's a little bit of it in the movie, too, in terms of sexism. The women are definitely not there to contribute to the goals. And if they do, they fuck up and the men have to come in and fix that what they broke, basically. Yeah. And racist in that, in the way that books from the 70s, 80s and 90s call people out by being black they're like oh the black guy who works on this right okay so it's they're very much dj creating these groups as other yeah okay. and separating them from the heroes yeah and just the descriptions of women are, are insane yeah everything is like oh my god her her soft platinum blonde hair over and over they might say platinum blonde as much as they say ampulae of lorenzini it's crazy <laughs> It's absolutely crazy. But it's written, you just have to imagine like a father in the mid 80s in America who's grown up on action movies and that's like how it's written, basically. Yeah. Mm. Right. But yeah, obviously, sorry, for just very quickly, don't want to get into this too much, but for listeners who, who don't realize, obviously over the last, I think, eight years, isn't it? China's become a huge mover in the film market. It's where so much of, like, the, it's Transformers movies make a lot of money, but they don't make as much in America. They make it all in China and that's why they keep making them. And things like, was it Star Wars? doesn't do as well over there but then marvel does like they love avatar there's like weird things that they do and don't like and yes it means like loads and loads of these movies you'll notice suddenly there's chinese involvement on because there's chinese money and then they're like you need to bring in our actors and then the problem is then it gets very political if we have to have a scene where we save the world or at least we look like we're attempting to save the world and all this stuff and then obviously this movie and i don't have any of this proved but i've never seen a movie as obvious with it and as obvious with the points where you can you can see the first draft which is all about clearly statham's ex-wife and them rebuilding their romance <laughs> together and then at some point chinese money get involved and then going all right you got like half a day <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. fine we'll just do a u-turn and then one line of dialogue that someone walks by and says oh yeah their marriage was a sham don't worry about it <laughs> so we can be okay with the chinese love interest is and like and we'll get to this as well but like the, a very clear scene as well where it feels like you've got two of china's biggest stars you have to give them a big 
dramatic moment mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. together. It happens a lot. Happened in The Martian. Mm-hmm. Happens in like loads of movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. Ali, but before we get to the film, apparently you've got some shit you want to say. Yep. <laughs> I do. Every week. Well, you say it. You invited me for a reason. This week, you'll remember from past episodes, we always have three categories. Attack facts, conservation facts, and fun facts. Three facts. Tom We're, is a fan of one of them. I'm looking for Tom the attack really facts likes the of attack the facts. Especially when it's involving a Meg, because if you have any facts about an, a Meg attack, then I'm very excited to hear that. So I do have attack facts. They're not that exciting, mostly because we don't know that much about Megs. <sighs> I keep saying we every week as if I'm a part of this group of researchers. <laughs> Let me just clarify. Community. I am not qualified at all to be giving no, no, you this information. <laughs> so we'll start with attack facts. There's two of them this week because I love Tom and there are no rules. First attack fact is that Meg's hunted in warm, shallow seas, which shallow relevant to their size. Which at the time we know covered the majority. So this is like half beach. The <laughs> yeah, well, so just this, just the there's sea. A, there's a, yeah, just the ocean. Um, at the time, the majority of the planet was covered in seas, and we know that they lived all over the planet because mag teeth have been found on every single continent except for one, Antarctica. There it is. Too chilly. Too chilly. Although at the time, I don't know how. I don't know. Ask a scientist. Um, Second attack fact. The Megalodon obviously would have fed on other large marine mammals like whales and dolphins, maybe even other sharks. Hence the big poos. Hence the big poo behind Alex that you can't see, but feel free to Google fossilized Megalodon shit. We'll just change the icon of this week's podcast to that poo. Yeah. (laughs) How will people find us? Researchers think that the Megalodon would first attack the flipper and the tails of mammals to prevent them from swimming away and then go in for the kill. Classic bitch. And it's one thing that they do mention in this movie. Its bite was strong enough to crush bones and tear through vital organs immediately. Very, very strong. Well, it's very big. I mean, yeah, I would hope so. If my jaws are the size of a house, I would like to think they could pretty much tear through bones. They better be able to crush through bones. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. If they weren't, that's probably why they went extinct. Yeah. And their teeth are, <laughs> teeth are, the their teeth are scattered around the continents. <laughs> they just like terrible that's, Yeah, that's why people still issues. find the teeth everywhere. Because every time they bite something. They're just something, falling like, out. Yep. No animals were actually ever harmed by a megalodon. They did not live for very long. I'm kidding. They did live for a long time. 13 million years. Wow. 13 million. Wow. 13 million. They and got, how long have we been on the planet for, Allie? Hardly any. That's right, evolutionists. 2,000 years? Um, the first of our ancestors, Homo sapiens, were t- came around 2.5 million years ago. Well, we'll all be gone soon, so. Yeah, probably. Right. We'll so kill humans. ourselves off. Mm. So, so that, that shit on. behind Alex is older than any human species? Yes. Human species and megalodons did not overlap as far as we know. We, the researchers. Can I interrupt quickly with my very boring <laughs> fact, which I know I've said to all of you before, but it's, but that I just want to say to our, I don't think I've ever got to say it to our listeners. Human beings have been on this planet for 0.6 of 1% of the amount of time that dinosaurs were on this planet. Not the time from dinosaurs to now, the amount of time they lived and exist on this planet. Yeah. Unless you believe in Genesis. <laughs> but, you know, who can prove either way? Yeah. I think it's good. I like to think about it. It gives me perspective on all of my shitty decisions. For sure. I was like, it means dinosaurs. nothing. Dinosaurs I literally don't matter. Yeah. yeah. It's a good reminder every week. 
So we'll move on to conservation facts, which we don't I just really. Want to pause. If, if you're going through depression this week, you do matter. We love you. <laughs> We're saying we don't matter. We don't matter. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. But us four we definitely, don't. definitely do. If not you matter. want like an even bigger scale that'll make you more depressed, if you look at the age of the universe, <laughs> that's not what we're trying to do. Should we just shift what we're talking about this the, week? If you look at the age of the universe as a, a twenty-four hour day, I think humans only come into existence within seconds of midnight. Hmm. That's, about the right. ba- that's the best time. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks, Alex. This week we do not need to worry. About conservation, because they're dead. So we can, we can just talk about... <laughs> we can eat them as much as we want. they got there. <laughs> so we are going to talk about when and how researchers think they went extinct, which there is some cool information that came out just a little over a year ago. That they have. Which is after this movie was made. So mm. that's exciting. This is fresh stuff. Fresh stuff. Fresh shit. Just like the picture behind alex well it's not fresh it's it's i think it's pretty fresh (laughs) rock hard all right it is difficult to pinpoint the exact date of extinction due to incomplete fossil records and new technologies and research coming out so research for many years pegged the meg's extinction to around 2.6 million years ago which is the year that most of us know the year that they mention in the movie but a new study this is the research that was published last year, pushes that date back an additional million years, so 3.6 million years ago. Researchers found that fossils tagged as any younger than 3.6 million years old had a lot of problems, imprecise dates, fossils that had been misidentified, and dates that ended up being refined based on better geology methods that came up. So this million-year difference also offers a new theory and a big clue into how researchers think it did go extinct. And it coincides with the rise of the great white shark 3.6 million years ago. I thought you were going to say Jason Statham there. But yeah. <laughs> it coincides, <laughs> coincides with, Jason with the Statham. birth of a small, bald man. <laughs> <laughs> Never grew hair once. So, as mentioned, scientists previously thought that the Megs went extinct about 2.6 million years ago. So, we'll talk about some theories of how they went extinct at that time and this new theory of great whites having to do with it. So scientists previously tied the Meg's extinction to a marine extinction at the end of the Pliocene epoch, perhaps triggered by a supernova that would have sent harmful radiation towards Earth. However, with these new dates, there's no events that were widespread enough to explain this complete die-out, only the appearance of the great whites at the same time. So while great whites are obviously much smaller than Megalodon, they could have competed against the juvenile Megs. And this tied in with other changes in the ocean could have been enough to make the difference and kill them off. So other theories, more so in line... I think that was a good one, Allie. Thank you. More so in line with the 2.6 million years ago theory is that Megs either starved or were frozen to death... At this time, the sea levels were dropping and the Ice Age began, as Al mentioned earlier. Whales would have been a large part of the Meg's diet. And males, males, I can't speak. (laughs) Whales are believed to have been a large part of the Meg's diet and they had the ability to thermoregulate. So whales could migrate towards the colder water of the poles where Meg's could not swim. So the Meg's inability to hunt the whales in the colder water is another theory. Ooh, it's chilly. 
So the one that everybody likes to debate and bring up and talk about with movies like this, the likelihood of Meg still being out there, a very, very small portion of a Zurich study showed that a 1% chance it's possible that Megs could still be alive. So it was so six. Saying there's a chance. Six out <laughs> That's of. That's one in a hundred. Those are good odds. That's pretty good so odds. They did 10,000 simulations, and six out of the 10,000 showed a possibility of them still being around. And, gonna t- like, and if you're a man listening to this and you're trying to date and you're on Tinder, at least 80% of the women you swipe right on, you've got less than one in a hundred odds on. So this is better <laughs> odds. I'm just saying it. Well, Unless you're Jason Statham, then you have 100%. Mm. I, don't know. I don't know about that. 99. No? All right. I'm going to well, bring everybody back down. I'm so choosing to since believe nobody that they're still out there because life finds a way. I, life the, the finds a way. Find a way to survive. <laughs> since nobody has discovered any recent evidence of the shark still existing or even any fossils that are younger than 3.6 or even 2.6, if that is in fact correct, Scientists all agree they are long gone. They all agree. Isn't there like a mm. isn't there a, a thing where it's like we've we've explored more of our solar system than we have of yes our oceans or the, the Mariana yeah. Trench specifically? Yeah, it really it's like four to six percent, isn't it, that we've explored the Mariana Trench? It's a very mm. small amount. Yeah, but it's because and we'll get to it in this movie. It's because whenever we go down there, like James Cameron does, there's nothing happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun Wait, to watch, so the though. cloud bit isn't... Well, we'll, <laughs> well no, it sort of is, but we'll get there in a minute. Let's... All right, we're almost done. Fun facts. These are short. The conservation ones, ironically, were very long. Fun facts. The smallest known shark to ever have existed is the dwarf lantern shark. The maximum size that they have found is eight inches. They're often smaller than that. Most of the time, <laughs> the size of the human hand. That's an adequate size. <laughs> wow, the megalodon fossilized poo is bigger. Yes, it is. So we obviously, don't know, to be fair. <laughs> no, I saw a thing. 14 centimeters was the biggest one they found. What's that in inches? Actually, no, that is the shark it's is three and a half, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Ali. Hmm. Poo's smaller. Bummer. Know your, know your metric conversions, Alex. <laughs> 14's bigger than eight. <laughs> yeah. The largest known shark, as we all know, is the megalodon. There is some debate over how big the megalodons could get. I feel like I used to think that they were between 70 and 80 feet. Now I've been doing a lot of reading and many think that it was actually much smaller than that. So it was up to 60 feet. Yeah. So like twice. In this movie, obviously it's. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So the, if you're thinking of great whites, the biggest great white that we have on record is currently alive. Her name is deep blue. I think she's 20 feet and Meg's are about, Two and a half to three times the size, so 60 makes sense that for that. Nuts. So 40 mm-hmm. to 60 feet. And the one in this film is 70. 75. Can you imagine 75. how many serves of shark fin soup you could get with that bad boy? Oh Lots of soup. <laughs> get we on it. We don't condone that. <laughs> get down to the Mariana Trench. <laughs> yep. And then last fun fact, the scientific name, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Carcocles megalodon means giant tooth. Nice. And again, its teeth were almost three times the size of the modern great white. Oh, they're beautiful. I need to get one. Mm. It's great. I want Honestly, to find one. One of my favorite purchases. All right. Thank That's you, Ali. I'll stop talking That was incredibly now. informative. Right. Great, Ali. Thanks, Ali. I mean, 
they're just talking about the movie now is going to be a disappointment for people because <laughs> they've learned so many things. Although I have just been reflecting on it, actually saying all these facts about when Neymar died and like how these things happened, which is a, for a very different show. But my throwaway comment about Genesis, I was then like checking. It's like, how do you rationale these things if you believe the Earth was only around for six thousand years? Did they say there's no megalodons then? There was nothing? Is that what the rationale is? No megalodons, no dinosaurs. Yeah, I know like some, I've heard like some people of faith say that those things were put there as, as a, a test. test or something. As a test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, okay. A test right. of what? Faith. Our belief? Yeah. A test. A test of faith. Like if you find it and believe that it was there however yeah. long ago, you're not. So it's like when you, when you get to the pearly gates and they're like, you're a good person. Do I'm you, not. But did you believe in the dinosaurs? dinosaurs? Like, yeah, of course. There was all those bones there. They're like, ah, you fell for it, sucker. (laughs) You fucking suck. Put you in the elevator, send you south. Eternal hellfire for you. Unlucky. Okay. Good good to know. And I guess another excuse you could use is like, oh, Noah couldn't get the dinosaurs on the ark because it wasn't big enough. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I got it. Right? Right, guys? Right? Right? (laughs) Right? We just lost four listeners. All right. So we start this movie, we do, we start it, with a special underwater war. I always let, you always know when you're in for what they think is going to be a huge franchise when they change their logo. Their logo. They put in that much effort. I have a question straight off the bat here. Holy uh, shit. And maybe this is for the wrap-up, but <laughs> I did think about this. Is this fresh or salt water? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually a better question. Uh, <laughs> I no, I was like, you've been watching a lot of shark movies, Al. Does every shark movie start in the water? I wrote the same question, question. down. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because every one that we've yeah. done has, right? Like all the jaws yeah. do. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. And with sound design too, you always hear mm. the water before you see it. Mm. I think actually one of the only ones, did open water actually? That's one of the only ones I'm not sure if it does. Should we make a shark yeah. movie and not start it that way? At least like 99% yeah. of them do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so we do start underwater and we are in deep sea rescue mission for the SSBN Rogue in the Philippine Trench. This is a submarine that has, for well, something's happened to it. It's endangered. It's sunk incredibly low. We're going to learn later on because we're really getting very little information here. It's uh, over, what is it, 10,000 feet, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. We're going to get to, I've written it down later. Yeah, in the book, this is actually, he's going to fix something. Here he's going to rescue people. And we've got immediately Jason Statham, no lead up, just takes his mask off. You think you do like a scene of him walking around with a mask where it comes off, but it's like you see him with the mask and then he takes it off and it's like, oh yeah, it's a Statham. And he's leading his team through the sub and they're all exclaiming, this is the worst they've ever seen. Everybody's injured and hurt and dead and shit's everywhere. Sorry, Al, can you, and, imagine, can you uh, imagine that, like you say, Statham's just like, here is Statham, guys, you're in safe hands. Can you imagine the status like Eli Roth? Mask comes off. <laughs> oh, it's it's that guy from uh, what was he in again? And Glory, oh, yeah, that, that movie. Yeah, he just still got his baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. The sub suddenly starts shaking as if it gets hit by something, and then it starts creaking. And then I just love matter of factly, someone on Jason Statham's team just goes, "There's something out there." <laughs> it's like you're in a a fucking erect sub that is presumably hemorrhaging. There's all the pressure shit going on. It's shaking. I don't think your immediate conclusion would be like, shit, there must be a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the hole begins to get crushed. I mean, this is when I was watching this movie for the first time. Super excited. Opening day. I was like, finally, we're going to get the Meg movie. Jason Statham's in it. So I know it's not going to be what I want it to be. But fair enough. I'm, I'm in for the ride. This was like, okay, 
look, clearly there's a lot of money here. So that's nice. At least it looks better than, you know, most Java movies. But there's zero tension building in this first scene whatsoever. Shit mm. is just happening. And it just <laughs> continues to happen. And it's not really explained. No. Like, I don't totally understand how there's already a bunch of dead people. Yeah. No, well, it's meant to be like, obviously. Gash, right? Yeah, we're meant to believe the Meg has hit the sub and it's like got shaken around. How the Meg, because the sub is then below the line. Like, where the fuck is this sub? Because they're going to say later. That's right. Like, think about this for a second. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to say later that they're trying to prove with this multi-billion dollar expedition that what they think is the bottom of the ocean is not and it's a cloud from the thermal vents and that you can go below it. But then they're also going to say later that the Meg only gets out of those thermal vents when they exit the thermal vents and give it a pocket of air to like get out of. So how the fuck does this happen with the sub? I'm assuming it's just a different Meg. As in another Meg got out and this is just a different one. Well, this one is... This is the smaller one, a- then, right? Allegedly exploded because in it the says, opening. Yeah, it's, it's a... Because fil- this is the fi- in the Philippines, the Philippines trench yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's the different... Well, no, like... Oh no, yeah, it is. It is meant to be a Meg because he sees it, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's another one that escaped. I mean, it could be something else because he doesn't really see it here. And this is a big difference because in the book they set it up right in the opening. He sees the Meg, or at least its head, and then no one believes him. Yeah. And this, like, and this is just insane how quickly Jason Statham like jumps to Google. <laughs> yeah, because all he sees is the outside kind of crushing, right? Yeah. Like doesn't see anything else, which you think maybe giant squid or something like I don't know like before you'd get to oh a megalodon <laughs> like there's no reason to possibly think that unless you know the title of the movie <laughs> also um, is Jason Statham here is he trying to do an American accent or is he just doing his own I think that's just his accent now he's yeah. just, just he's he been a Hollywood guy for so long he just has this weird mid-Atlantic sort of like this hybrid yeah yeah, yeah. I don't say that the major difference if you're wondering between the book and this movie is that the megalodons are albino in the book. Yeah. Uh, they are, and they, they are glow. blind, essentially, and they glow almost luminescent because, yeah, they obviously haven't been exposed There's to no light. There's no light. They tried doing that here. They spent a lot of money making CGI sharks looking like that, and they just look stupid. So, like, we need to, like, create our own version of a great white, essentially, what created their own shape and all of that stuff. But, yeah, there's no way it would have possibly look like this if it did exist. Anyway, two of his team get trapped as he's getting all the people out. And he's looking at this scene. He's just looking at all the injured men in the sub and he can hear his men in the sub. like, don't leave us, don't leave us. And then everything goes all blurry as Jason Statham has a breakdown. Mm. And he has to make a superhuman decision of what do I do? We're going to see for a split second, a big blip on a radar heading to the sub, which no one's like, what's that? (laughs) And then Statham makes the right, I mean, the only right decision, which is... No, we will all die. So he seals it. And then the I, guy... I like when he is making those decisions. It does these like two quick cuts back and forth to him where it like does like a quick close up each time when he's like, what? And it zooms in real quick. And then someone says something. He's like, I'm coming back. And it zooms in again. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's a Statham. Yeah, best. I think like St- Statham gets a real raw deal in this film. Like he gets shit on a lot for making, for being fucking heroic for the most part and making some st- Strong choices. Difficult decisions, yeah. Yeah. But this isn't even, there's no other decision. Like, he's absolutely right. Even two seconds later and they all would be dead. And so he manages to save 10 people. Yeah, the time he takes to make the decision is dangerous in itself. Mm. Yes. But also, I feel like we're going to slow motion Statham brain time. Like, that's what it's like inside his brain. So it's not actually a full. That's why he's such a good fighter. Everyone's moving slowly. (laughs) Ah. Mm. And the guy, like the doctor we're going to get later, is called Hella. 
Hella, is that his name? Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, he just shit. turns to him and immediately goes, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've saved all you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't all die. And as Pretty we later amazing. find out, in that moment when he says that to Statham, he's already thinking, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and I'm going to diagnose him as such. Yeah. <laughs> it's so forced to have this moment. Because like, I'm totally, again, I'm totally in for that. Like, yeah, let's have someone who made a difficult decision. A bunch of people got killed because of the Meg. But he doesn't. He makes a heroic decision and saves loads of people. And then, yeah, he's chastised for it. For the rest of the film, like, it just doesn't work <laughs> at all. But anyway, we're going to be then in Shanghai, China, five years later. Mr. Morris, or Money Boy, as I call him, <laughs> is being choppered out to his massive rig in the ocean. Jurassic Park style. Yeah, this is Rain Wilson from The Office. He's going to be the comedy, obviously, of the film. We're getting jokes coming left and right, like bad Chinese speaking subtitles and just like you know, hilarious moments for the whole family. As he goes to his world-class research institute... And we get a Jurassic Park, yeah, like Alex saying, like opening as he comes down the shitty elevator and then the doors open and you get this big, beautiful underwater lab and the music's all grand, all that stuff. And I immediately thought of Jaws 3D and the observation deck in it. Oh, uh, yeah. And how this is slightly better than that. Slightly better. Slightly better. <laughs> Need I remind you of the scene in Jaws 3D when the shark's coming towards And <laughs> 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 we just cut back and forth. <laughs> Oh, I love that movie. I mean, look, again, I'm immediately noticing, okay, pacing is bad, tension is bad, the writing mm-hmm. is bad, but we've got money here, so spectacle can be great. Mm. Like, that's all I'm here for then. Like, yeah, we're not going to yeah. get those things that make Jurassic Park special, but can we get good spectacle? And yeah, like this underwater thing, when you're looking out and there's every fish you could possibly imagine deranged to be there in front yeah. of them. It looks great. Yeah. Like it looks like a Jurassic Park moment. I, I, at this point, like the, f- the first 20 minutes of this, I was like fully in. Like I, was, I hesitate to say excited, but I was like, you know, it's a state of the movie. Like I'm up for this. And funnily enough, I thought I had seen this, but I couldn't remember anything about it. And then as soon as I started it, I remembered I watched it on a flight to Australia. Mm. And uh-huh. I remember putting it on. And then I think I fell asleep for the entire film and woke up for the last <laughs> scene. So I sort of watched it, but I hadn't really. But like I was, I was so up for like the campy silliness of it for the first film, yeah. for this whole scene. Like, like you yeah, like you know, yeah, you have the observation deck and all. It's like, okay, this is silly. It's kind of big budget. It's okay. Let's. I was fully on board at this point. Yeah, I, I was having a similar thing where that opening in the sub. Yeah, you're like Statham film. It is going to be a spectacle action. It's probably going to be over the top and silly. But I'm on board. And then as we kind of get into these dialogue scenes and we have mm-hmm. that first awkward scene between him and the father and the daughter, who for a long time, even like having seen it, I forgot again that they were father and daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were husband and wife yeah. for such a long time. And then I'm, later on, I'm like, why is he making moves? Do you want to know why? <laughs> why? Because they're almost the same age? For 13 years between them. Mm. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. Mm. Yeah, so when that kind of started, I was like, just keep ramping up. I guess like what you're saying, the, the spectacle of it. Like I was, mm-hmm. that's what I was wanting then almost immediately was like, this just needs to be a big show because I'm not buying any of the yeah. stuff that they're trying to ground and make yeah. sort of serious. I didn't yeah. remember really anything that happens in this movie other than the ending being different and not thinking that the dialogue was good, but feeling happy that it's absolutely ridiculous and they do kind of just lean into that. So I was looking forward to seeing that happen again. Yeah, I'm totally fine with it. 
Like, I really, again, I've already gone over disappointment of this is not going to be Jurassic Park. Like, we don't have, because this thing, you think of Jurassic Park, think about those great collection of characters. They're regular people. Yeah. And they're interesting people with great friction and charm between them. Here we've got Jason Statham. And I can enjoy Jason Statham like anybody else, and I absolutely do. But he's never, like, you're never going to get great character and great natural moments of, like, regular or, like, more regular people like you do in Jurassic Park. And another thing that you get very quickly here, especially like with Ray and Wilson coming in, the impression that I got right away was like, oh, these actors are just, they're kind of phoning in these performances. Like they've got the big paycheck and they're just, they're just kind of going through the motions of it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it just, it felt so disconnected from what they were doing. It all felt very just performative and fake. Like even Jason Statham with his bits, like, I mean, again, you can't sort of hold him up and compare him to other actors, but. I don't know. It all just felt very phoned in. It's like, I mean, just, yeah, we have to stop comparing. That's the thing. You have to stop comparing, but they want you to. That's the problem. It's like the studio wants you to think this is going to be Jurassic World, I guess, Mm -hmm. more than Jurassic Park. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to get introduced to different people on the team. We've got the engineer sub designer who is Ruby Rose. Seems credible. Uh, We've got a medical officer. We've got DJ, the token black man who's just here to make some jokes and panic about stuff. Yep who pilots the Explorer. We've got Mac, the station chief. But yeah, and it was what I love. Like, so Money Boys turned up and they're just, they're, it's happening. Like the thing they spent $3.1 billion yeah. or whatever it is on, it's like, oh, I, he could have missed it if there were slight like weather no. problems on this chopper. Because <laughs> he's, he's getting taken down there and the sub is like, no, we're already, we're just hit the bit basically. Yeah. We're about to do it. I also feel like, speaking of Mac, I feel like Mac is the most Mac-named character ever. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that is the character, the quintessential character called Mac is this guy. You know, <laughs> he's kind of like the action guy, but he's not quite. He's in charge. He's kind of all mm-hmm. action, business, takes care of himself. He is Mac. He is, he is. Mac. And I was thinking, sorry, it was $1.3 billion is what he spent on this place. So yeah, like the sub is down there and what they're saying... Which again, this is stuff I thought you'd have a lot of meetings about when you're investing $1.3 billion. (laughs) They're like, oh, we're about to hit the bottom of the Mariana Trench, and we believe that there's a world below the surface of this. And it's It's not even the Mariana Trench anymore. No. Is it not? It's not the Mariana Mariana Trench. They 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 mention it it saying people think the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of Earth. If we're correct, this is actually the deepest part. No, but I think that's what they're saying. I think they're saying that the bottom of the Mariana Trench isn't the bottom of the Mariana Trench. It's like even deeper. It's a cloud. The bottom yes. of the Mariana Trench. So they're meant to be in the Mariana Trench. At the bottom Trench of the Mariana Trench, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I I'm thought. I'm pretty yeah. sure. That's what I wrote down in my notes. That's what I thought, saying. yeah. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but as they're heading down, like you just said, out, they're saying that they believe that that's the theory, but they haven't sent like an unmanned sub to no. test it this no. sending the yeah. humans what they, right also in, have, right? what they also haven't done Alex is look at any of the explorers who from what was it 1896 even in a fucking tin can <laughs> went down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench or how James Cameron went down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench and filmed it and we know what's down there and sure we haven't explored a lot of it so even if they said like oh there's one little section of the Mariana Trench that we believe but they don't they just like say it's all of it because those plumes are real. And this was something I did find fascinating from the books. And then I went and researched, you know, the real stuff about it. But that was a thing that we didn't realize in, in our lifetimes, maybe not Alice, but in our <laughs> lifetimes, 
It was a discovery where we thought all life had to have light to be sustained. And then they realized, no, it can also be sustained by warmth, by thermal warmth. Mm -hmm. And there were like there are creatures down there in those depths that were completely sustained by these chimney stacks, which have the plumes of heat coming out of them, as shown sort of in this. Only it's much more like the moon. You know, it's much more like nothing's fucking yeah. happening. And there are microscopic organisms and tiny things that are happening down there sustained from that heat. And that's a phenomenal, like, interesting thing. But we know that. <laughs> and what they're saying is those plumes are below a cloud. Which taken people from the, think is the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> which is like, so we'd have to go, we know what's there. So they should go down and have the plumes. But obviously you can't have the plumes on top of the cloud. So I don't know. It's, it's a hot mess. So James Cameron is in canon. James Cameron's not in canon. <laughs> it, I mean, all science is in canon. Yeah. It's also what Alex said that they didn't send a bot or just like an yeah. unmanned ship down there first to confirm this. They just go in blind, almost like they're <laughs> yeah, just yeah. winging it. And they're like, eh, it's $1.2 billion. Let's just send our people down there. Yeah. And he's like, what happens if this isn't true? And he's like, well, then you just wasted $1.2 billion. It's like, they're not. And he's like, what? Who created this plan? Are these real scientists? No, I know. Because I would have almost been on board with the plan that is a little bit more of a trope and a, a kind of a done thing before where they could have said, yeah, we sent down a probe. Something happened to it. It disappeared. And like all that we can send down now is manned. Like a well, yeah, sub. that is what, in the book, I guess, like, what happens. He's going down oh, to fix okay. the probe and camera that are down there. Yeah. Right. And that's when he thinks he sees this albino head. But like also not to jump ahead a little bit, but like it's... They're, they're <laughs> was, like, it, was it just Al? I am, I am yeah, arguably too white. <laughs> so, yeah. Al too white. <laughs> Sorry, middle, Tom, middle, that's what the T stands for, huh? A T white. Now Al is too Brody. All right, Tom, gone. No, I was just because I, I was just confused about like, okay, I mean, I guess okay, the floor of the Marianas Trench isn't really a floor; it's a cloud. Okay, cool. And underneath the cloud, there's even more. It's like, well, there's not that much more because you kind of just go underneath it, and then all of a sudden. The ground is just there and you put a, a put a rover down so it's like it's not the bottom there's at least another 20 meters and that's it like, well again which is fine if they explained it because yeah in the book it's to do with the tectonic plates and what's trapped inside those sort of massive caves of ecosystems and these are true like okay so again only about 15 years ago an earthquake shifted tectonic plates which released was it silioplants or what it was like a, some form of prehistoric fish that looks like this weird sort of it's a very strange structure if you see it. But they thought oh, it had been yeah. dead for millions and millions and millions and millions of years. And then it got freed up and it was being kept somewhere like down in the bottom. So like, you know, there's some remnants of that. That's kind of 1%. interesting if they talk us through it a little bit. Yeah, and you have the perfect example of here's your billionaire person who apparently hasn't had taken a single board meeting about this fucking investment. <laughs> so let's explain him through it because he's us. That's his job in the film is yeah. he is the audience. You walk us through the science and you walk us through, yeah, this idea of... Sure, it may not be much deeper, but below the cloud, an entire ecosystem of creatures we've never seen before could be existing. And that's the exciting thing. And instead, they don't even explain what's exciting about it other than, yeah, there's no bottom for another 30 feet. <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid. But here we are. <laughs> um, uh, they're, they're even making insertion jokes. A lot of really bad uh, jokes. I can't believe you didn't put, and when you're talking about the cast, Al, you didn't pick out uh, your man from Heroes. The, oh, yeah. the guy in <laughs> yeah. the... So I can't remember what his name was. I meant to look this up. Toshi. 
Satoshi. Yeah, he likes yes. sex, food, to- power, <laughs> and money. Wasn't his name Hero I, in yeah, Heroes? That's what I, it was, yeah, that's what I... It was his name Hero. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. But I thought yeah, it I can't be right. it was. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, it is. It's Hero. Yeah. Hero, Hero. Nakamura. It's like the... Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, anyway, so it is indeed a cloud. It's not the bottom... This makes no sense. Let's just move on. <laughs> so there are, as soon as I get through it as well, tons of life just looks beautiful. Stuff happening. These moments, these are the moments though. This is like the Jurassic Park moment when they first see the dinosaurs. These should be big. Where you get to just marvel moments. at it. Yeah. Because we've built to them and they mean something instead of them just fast forwarding <laughs> through all of these yeah. things. And I do think, I'm going to say it right now, watching it this time, I think it's because they're basically like they're taking the first film and the second film and squishing them together. Like this film is very clearly divided in two almost halves and they needed to just focus on one for the first Mm. film and it would have been much more satisfying. But anyway, they send this little rover out and it gets got almost immediately. Alex, is that a chump or is that not a chump? Do we not, uh, do Do we we not consider AI? I considered it, but I didn't put it down. We right, didn't spend AI. enough time with the AI rover to really get to... It wasn't like Wall-E, like we didn't really yeah, get a chance yeah. to I mean, empathize. Phil, you've heard it here from Alex. He's decided for us that AI does not have soul. <laughs> Something huge is moving towards them straight away and they come under attack and they're just like beaming up their signal to the station at the top, just going, Jonas was right! Jonas was right! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm laughing. I'll tell you what, I'm having a good time. Because I'm like, all right, this is going to be like Tom saying, this is going to be Jaws 3D, basically, but with too, too much money. <laughs> connection cuts out, but they have connections to their vitals. So like, well, they're still alive down there and they've got maybe 18 hours to live. Six miles down, no one has ever attempted to rescue that depth, but that's not actually true. Three people have attempted to rescue that depth and only one has made it out. Jonas. This is like the Harry Jesus Potter moment where they're like, only one person is known to have survived this curse. Yep. So now I have like, so they've got 18 hours and mm-hmm. there's only one man, blah, blah, blah. So like, is that, mm-hmm. is it really that much of a, like a unique experience that it's worth wasting at least how, like nine of those 18 hours to fly to Thailand? To, yeah. To how long, does, how long is that flight? Let's like, never get into the math of time in this film. But like, because <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. How good is, like, what is he good at? Is he good at manning these Boats? Oh, is he I think it's diving? just because he's reckless and is it he works out. One who's done it that before, seems Tom. to be. Yeah, so I, I, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, what is his essential skill set that makes him uniquely qualified for this job? That it's worth sacrificing eighteen hours. You've got eighteen hours. Like, you can't really fuck around here. But like, this guy is so good. But like, we mm-hmm. never really find out what it is he's, he's that good. But and also, what? <laughs> reckless, like how, is, uh, he's, he's that good at, at being a chameleon and putting a poncho and a hat on and riding yeah. a little moped. <laughs> and seemingly not getting drunk by the endless beers that he drinks. Yes. Endless Carlsberg adverts, I think. Yeah. If you just keep drinking, are you ever actually drunk? That's true. Or just fearless. Also, another time thing. Doesn't it take hours to descend don't. To those depths. <laughs> well, that's why he does what he does. We'll get there. We're nearly there. Come on. We cut now to they just, yeah, they just turn and they go, we must go to Thailand. <laughs> Immediately, they're in a helicopter arriving. Thank you. One of my, yeah, my favorite moment in this movie where you cut to a Thai cover of the, hey, Mickey, you're so fast. Yes. <laughs> and again in the credits. Mickey. Yeah. And they should have changed it to up. Maggie. <laughs> we find washed up drunk Jonas. It's Jason Statham himself living the good life in a Carlsberg advert, 
presumably just enjoying Thailand and all of its amenities, fixing boats <laughs> in fancy dress. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. <laughs> I will say that I hate how a lot of these scenes are lit. Like, there's just like, it always seems like there's just like glowing fake sunrise or sunset. Do you yeah, notice? Well, like, even when they're also on the boat, every time they're on the, on the big uh, water oil rig, whatever it is, mm. it's like every time they're in the conference room above water, it's like this glowing light that's going through the blinds <laughs> and it's all like hitting their yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hated it. I hated it. I'm sorry. Yeah, so they turn up. He's like, I don't dive anymore. Let's just hang out, have a beer. And he says, well... Well, he does say, if there were any two people who could get me back in the water, it would probably be you two, but I'm still going to say no. You can offer me money. I'm going to say no. You're going to appeal to my better nature. I don't have any better nature. I'm Jason fucking Statham. Sassy. So let's just have a beer. Uh, but then they just mention your ex-wife is stuck down there. He's like, my God. <laughs> the third person. Apparently, I, I do have a better nature. <laughs> I wrote here on my notes, watching Jason Statham is something else. Because I think I was just like hypnotized by whatever it is that he's doing. (laughs) His level of, they always say as an actor, be confident. His level of confidence. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Is it his confidence? Because I was just like mesmerized and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I also, I also made a note at this point of just like similar thing to you, Alex. I was just like, he's such a terrible actor. He's so bad at comedy and I absolutely love it. Like, why is he so popular? Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just mesmerized at how awful he is in a brilliant way. (laughs) Yeah. It's yep. just, yeah. it's the voice. Yeah. Which is what I mean. This is where the pairing just doesn't work. Like if you want Jurassic Park, like I, again, I'm all in for a Jason Statham stupid movie. But when you want Jurassic Park, you don't yeah. go you to You can't cast him. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can't. And uh, you need Interesting choice now. They cut down to our team. We've forgotten about them. Like, because we're looking at it from the above ocean perspective. Now we're actually going to go back down to the sub to see what's going on with Toshi and his ex-wife and the other person who I've forgotten. The beardy dude guy with the glasses. Like Scandinavian dude. Viking. Yeah, which I think is an interesting choice. This is a very Hollywood thing. We're going to bounce back and forth. If you want to create tension, though, in my opinion, you stay with them for the whole film. That's what an indie movie would not have done. Like we stay if... with them, not knowing what's happening and if rescue is coming. Or you stay with the rescue team and you're on their personal journey, not knowing if you know what's really happening down there. Yeah. That's how you build the tension. Jumping back and forth, yeah, doesn't really work. But I would also say, again, this is where it's like, okay, well, then at least let this be the entire film. The entire film should be this rescue operation with the Meg and all of this stuff. We know from the trailer and the cover it won't be. It will not be. Lots more to come. Yeah, Toshi's writing a letter to his wife in case they die. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But I love that he's doing it on... Uh-oh. As soon as I see he's doing it on... He's doing it on paper. It's not looking good for you, man. It's like... He doesn't think they're going to nearly get out and he's going to be able to slip a piece of paper in the back pocket of his friend, which is what happens. He thinks they're all going to die, which means that sub is going to probably implode or whatever's going to happen down there. Writing on a piece of paper is not going to get to your fucking wife, buddy. I'm sorry. Don't tell him that. Because, I mean, they just assumed they were going to run out of air, right? I don't know. I don't know. And that they'd be able to retrieve the sub at least. Well, here they're learning that if you turn the lights back on, they're attracting whatever it was that attacked them and immediately impacted. And then improbably his ex-wife just gets a screwdriver stuck. Into <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, up on top side, they're watching Jonas's interview after the opening of the film, after that rescue mission where the doctor's saying, you lost it. And then he screams and like jumps across the table at them. Again, they're just forcing all of this bullshit so much. 
And then they're about to send him back into the same situation. So we know we're going to get another thing of like, do you leave people behind again? Do you try and save them all? What are you going to do? Apparently here I have the note written down. Ugh, Ruby Rose, sort out your fucking hair. (laughs) (laughs) That may have kept coming. And this is where we're going to get China rises up because the daughter, she's going to decide to be a hero because Chinese money. In the books, is her equivalent character not the sort of the sidekick in the books or is it the ex-wife? I think she is a character in the books. But she's she? but uh, so but I, she uh, never does anything actually helpful. Right. No. Okay. So that's okay. That's where they're. She's just there to be a sexual object. Right. Yeah, and to try to like play with the big boys, and then the big boys come right. in and are like, "Ha ha ha! You're so cute. Go away." <laughs> well, you just shake your platinum blonde hair a little more. <laughs> no platinum blonde hair here. Let me tell you. So she says she's going to go and save save them all. Can't wait for fucking Jonas. She like she's initially anti Jonas. Jumps in the little sub, gets going. Meanwhile, Jonas turns up. I like these gliders. These gliders are pretty cool. They look like A-wings. It looks really fun. From Star Wars. From the prequels. There's some in the new ones as well. Hmm. A-wings. Are we going to get a little... uh, He's immediately like, let's just fucking do this shit then. Goes to get in the sub. (laughs) We get a little bonding moment with the granddaughter, which is, you know, very touching. Man, she's got some cool shoes. She does. I would wear these shoes. Who's supervising this kid? She's just wandering Herself. around everywhere. She's, space, she's a tiny out. adult. Yeah. She could be just like fucking with all of the controls and the nuts and bolts. <laughs> and <laughs> this mission is actually her fault. She just like removed one screw. Yeah. And <laughs> I will say though, she is out acting a majority. Oh yeah. Mm. I agree. <laughs> well, and I'll be honest. <laughs> we like, had the same I conversation. I don't love these moments, but I like that this scene with her and Jason Statham isn't overwrought. Like, it's not like yeah. this touching thing where he looks and it's like, I will save your mother. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, don't worry. You get the fuck like, out yeah, of here. You little shit. I'm going to go save your, your little mother squirt. right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very relaxed and yeah. I like it. Again, his confidence level just like cutting through any <laughs> potential emotions. That I could mean, be he's happening. super confident. You know, he walks fast. Didn't you hear? <clears throat> he to- is it not he talks fast? He looks her walk and he talks. Was it talks or walks? He looks her walk and he talks. Oh, I thought it was walks. Might have I, like I heard walks. Talk, I heard talks, but walks is better. Yeah. Walks is very yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <they laughs> Maybe did, that's what I walk. chose to hear. No, no, they definitely say he walks fast. They do. They're like, yeah, they're like okay. he he he, yeah, look, he, he looks her like walk and he walks fast, but he's got a negative attitude. I wrote it down because I thought that was describing Jason Statham. Well, we're gonna get a glimmer. A glimmer of a character arc here as he sits down at the controls as he's meant to go, but he can't do it. Because these assholes have made the bottom of the sub where your feet goes glass. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> so he's facing his fears. He's like, no, fuck it. I'm Jason Statham. So he immediately diverts all he's non-essential power. He's in there and he's power. like, I can't walk fast in this ball. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? I got to at least drive faster. Yeah, it diverts all <laughs> non-essential power. So he can descend quicker, which I don't think is how compression works, but okay. Was this before? Uh, was I this mean, after? is everything no, before this science? Was this well, like he's going to black out and you're like, no, he's not. He's going to do the old nose blow. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need to do. No one's taught that, but that's the simple solution. It works like a charm. <laughs> no oxygen in his blood. Yeah. Fucking Jason Statham. And so this cuts the descent by hours. Many, yeah. many hours. <laughs> See, the thing about, like, so you're talking about, like, why they didn't send down a probe, you know, to check out the bottom of the trench first. I was more like, so at the start, Rian Wilson shows up and he's just in time to witness, like, breaching this frontier. Like, we're going to, this massive discovery, these guys in this, like, 
underwater lab are about to breach this cloud and it's a big deal and yet next thing you know Jason Statham and the other woman are like zooming down in these like little mini pods just like no problem mm-hmm. just zooming down <laughs> just nip down just nip down have a little look around. yeah do you know what I mean like if it was that easy then why yep did... right okay. <laughs> <laughs> what have they been doing yeah what have they been doing? I feel like they could have just done I mean, this. They Maybe they just. Yeah. I feel like they could have done this on a lunch break, you know, like last what's week. What's the problem developing those subs? In which case, we need that to be a bigger deal. Like yeah. that Ruby Rose is this genius, you know, and like they've that was the first day the subs work. Like, oh, fucking. Hmm. Anyway, the daughter goes through the thermal cloud. Jonas, I got confused by this because he, he says something like he's going to have to turn off communications to stay at the speed of his descent, but then he just yeah. pops back into communications. Yeah, then he's just suddenly back. I feel like Whatever. they cut the scene where he reappears. Well, it's also, and it's not there for any dramatic effect. So it's like, you think he would then suddenly turn up as a hero, but no. So Yeah, I actually forgot that moment. And when the squid stops being alive, I actually was like, oh, oh yeah. Jason Statham just shows up. And I was like, yeah. no, it's actually the Meg who saves her yeah. life. Yeah, which I love. Okay, so Siren arrives at a sub. She's about to fire a magnetic hook when something hits her vessel. She says, there is something down here. <laughs> no shit. Hey, it's... so I looked into how long it does take to descend. It only <laughs> yeah. takes 90 minutes. Does oh, it really? 90? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. James Cameron go. got to the bottom in 90. Hey, man. Oh. Takes... I mean, he's James Cameron. It's funny you could, you, could, you could watch Who a James Cameron movie. Who do you think can walk movie? faster, James Cameron or Jason Statham? <laughs> <laughs> Jason. I would watch I mean, that walking watch. race. Everyone should watch, was it Deep Challenger? What's it called, Ali? Yeah. James Cameron did a great, his journey of like building it and then going down in it. And you can watch it all. It's, it's a really, really good cool. documentary. Yeah. Anyway, it's a giant fucking squid and a great reveal. Unfortunately ruined mm. by the trailers to this movie. But a really cool moment where we're just waiting for the Meg and then suddenly you get suckers all over her sub. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. So it's giving her a big old hug. It's like, friend. I like the like monster CGI in this. I mm. like the Meg, which we'll see later. And yeah. the squid here looks really cool. Yeah. Me too. And I'm going to say this right now because like you have this giant squid. We get to see it from outside. It looks cool. Suddenly she's saved because it's cracking her for pressure. By the Meg comes by and like bites the squid's arms off. Fucking great reveal. And I wrote down, because let's think about this. Warner Brothers owns the Meg. Do you know what else Warner Brothers owns? Legendary. The squid. Legendary own ah, the Godzilla thinking. franchise. I'm You're like, how is the Meg world? not going to be part of the Godzilla monsterverse? Because like, it just makes perfect cause it's, sense. Because it's tiny compared to Godzilla. It's not. Is it? How big is no. Godzilla? And you think of all the monsters they're trying to set up for the monsterverse. It's like, we need the Meg in there, and then you got the giant God's, squids. Godzilla is like bigger than skyscrapers. The Meg is would be like Godzilla 70, holding seventy five feet is probably close. Yeah, and to it's us. not just Godzilla. Like there's like think of like the Mothras and think of the Rodans yeah. and like. I mean, like if if the if a Meg can be taken out by Jason Statham, I'm pretty sure Godzilla can handle him. You know. <laughs> no, absolutely, but it just as an added thing, you know, Fair. a little just bit of like extra sauce on the monster spice. on the monster cake. Maybe more. This moment just feels, but that's when I, that's when I adjusted my expectations because I wasn't a big fan of King of Monsters because I wanted it to be more like Godzilla and I wanted it to be more, more horror. But I can accept King of Godzilla two King of Monsters on its own sort of stupid spectacle <laughs> fun mm. level. And that's what's happening here. Like this scene feels like it's from Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah. Like, I just looked up. It says Godzilla's 355 feet. So yeah, that is big. a little bit bigger. <laughs> I actually big. just remembered also, I don't remember this part in the book, but I was going through different websites to read what the differences are. 
I don't remember this happening, but apparently it starts with the Meg and T-Rex battling. Like the T-Rex is chasing prey into the ocean and then ends up getting killed oh, by the yeah, Meg. Yeah, I remember that. Which is... Yeah. Cool. That's, I mean, that's in the revised version. In the original Meg, that wasn't there. He went back and okay. added that scene in to the book. It's a later, weird thing to like, add in because they did not live in the same time period in nah. the slightest. It's almost like he didn't open a book and just George Lucas did. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I do like this moment. That's all I'm saying. I'm liking this moment. And this moment is making me, again, readjust expectations too. I'm totally in for a Godzilla stupid, like big monsters just fighting each other and all that mm. shit. But yeah, and I like they played off as majestic because you see like the Meg swimming by them. <laughs> I wish they're like, it's 25 meters. And then Statham immediately, as if he has pre-existing history, <laughs> goes, it's Megalodon. <laughs> I, I love this line. We rewound it so I could hear it again. And then we watched the extras where he says it again. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking funny. It's Megalodon. It was just so weird. It's as if he knows like, oh, my old friend. It's like, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> he tells her to immediately shut off her lights, but she can't for whatever reason. So he fires off some flares to distract the big old Sharky. What a hero. She's forced to blow her tanks while she's protesting. She's like, no, I want to save the crew. I'm representing Chinese money. I must stay mm, yeah. down here and do great, great things. He's like, no, America's here. Well, England, technically. <laughs> Very confusing. You go back up. And yeah, Statham then attaches to the sub. We're going to get a miniature version of basically the opening scene where he's meeting up with his ex-wife. They exchange some cute funnies. Oh, yeah, you got a screwdriver in you. All right. <laughs> you got Meg- screwed. <laughs> surprised they don't make any sexual jokes, jokes about that yeah meg is heading towards them and if it hits them while they're still attached then they're all gonna die but statham he isn't leaving people behind this time he's learned one thing and that's to value life less <laughs> <laughs> uh, but toshi he's a fucking hero as we have learned yep so he puts his note <laughs> in the back thank you he puts his note in the back pocket of the other guy and then seals the hatch killing himself chomp one Toshi! <laughs> While people on the surface are going, is Toshi okay? I like that he does the Come scream please, too. is Toshi okay? <laughs> you have his vitals. You know yeah. he's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just want to rub it in. Uh, Statham, <laughs> did you kill another friend of ours? Uh, <laughs> Toshi all right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I like what we're going to get. The animosity is really from the doctor and Suin who blame him for leaving Toshi. Oh, sorry, Suin blames him. The doc here is going to apologize because he was, he was like, you know what? You were right. Big sharks. <laughs> Even though, again, I don't think he ever mentioned big sharks. <laughs> no, he says he never saw what it is. He just knew there was something big out there. Also, you know what I think's kind of funny and maybe shows a little bit of racial ignorance? Toshi, we can all agree, is Japanese. And when they get to the surface, Viking Boy gives his letter written in Japanese to the Chinese guy. <laughs> Here, you take this. You might be able to translate it and figure out where it has to go. It's all gibberish to me. Because <laughs> he doesn't like give him an explanation. Like, please give this to Toshi's wife. He's just like, Here you go. You understand this, right? So we're about 43 minutes into this movie, not quite halfway. And this is where... It's like, okay, so we just finished one movie. And yeah. now we're going to start a very yeah. different movie, essentially. <laughs> we're just going to kick off with some dramatic slow motion shots of Jason Statham in the shower. 
And it's like, and Looking, Jason Statham amazing. is still a dick. Like at the start of the la- like the mini movies, like you're a dick because you left people behind. And now he's basically done that again. He's rescued people but left people behind. He's still a dick. Yep. And off we go. Off we go. As soon he comes in to apologize for him and then realizes, oh, he's got a towel top lit to accent every <laughs> single muscle. So <laughs> and this, the weirdest flirting ever oh, and this is a woman who has not liked him at all there's been no even sexual energy of like i don't like no, you but i want to fuck there you there is no Nothing. chemistry here yeah. but just because <laughs> she's now seen does him topless, it start to blossom i don't know i, I kind of i kind of buy it like because she just sees him topless <laughs> and i was like well she's like well no, did it for tom <laughs> to be fair there's, well, that's you know, the only effort that's put into I mean, setting this up it's, it's like oh well she saw him topless it's pretty impressive isn't it like you know what i mean like he's, he's, well sure then, but not like then, you know, to the she, giddy she, schoolgirl way that she then stands outside and like, like peeks in the window, window and then listen if i was in that situation i just left and i was standing outside i would have another little look like she does <laughs> sure yeah, sure but you'd have another little look and say i might as well but i'll get on with my date not in a yeah. world has not been changed forever we're in love she's just checking i mean him. she's just checking if, him if i was in that room you know i would have had a look and then as i walked past him i would have just gently pulled his towel so it just dropped <laughs> and then he's standing there naked yeah we, and with we his were... confidence level he wouldn't give a yeah. shit <laughs> Yeah. He would just walk really fast. He'd just be like Dr. Manhattan. Just <laughs> you know, he'd go, it's called Megalodon. Megalodon. <laughs> he would just repeat his same line. It's Megalodon. Yeah. Do you like my Megalodon? Megalodon, actually. <laughs> and this is the bit I was talking about earlier where I just can't believe it. She comes out and I was so like head spun of like, what is happening? This whole movie is like, what is happening? Mm. And then the guy, what's his name? The New Mac. Zealand guy. Mac, he's, Mac, he's a good guy. Mac he walks up. by, by the way, has no idea what just happened. No. Has no idea she was even in that room. He sees none of it. She's just standing outside and he has been <laughs> fed this fucking scripted line of like, where they're clearly like, oh, we have to now make her the love interest and change gears from the ex-wife, but we can't be bothered to go back and rewrite anything. And he just literally has one throwaway line of like, they had a terrible marriage. Don't feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Which he might as well yeah. look into the camera to say. <laughs> yeah. So fucking terrible. It's okay for you to root for this. Yeah. Again, like, and also at this point, this is when I was like, wait a minute, isn't she married to the other dude? <laughs> Still, like, not connecting the dots that yeah. she was the daughter. <laughs> Do you know what Just I mean? Just got like, in. That yeah, would be yeah. more interesting, to be honest. If there's some infidelity going on here or something. <laughs> All right. Read, but anyway, read Jaws and you'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the new movie we're in. 70 That's to the, they should have feet. given Statham the you want to have a drink and fool around line. Yeah, oh, I was waiting for some yeah. like big call outs. He should have done that at the beginning when the two come to get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're in Thailand. Want to have a drink? Want to get <laughs> drunk and fool around? There's some, uh, some great bars we can go to. Uh, the doctor says this is the discovery of a lifetime. They'll need to proceed slowly. But Money Boy says we can't go slowly because I am Money Boy. <laughs> And other people are going to want monies as well. Statham, meanwhile, he's still bonding with the granddaughter. So we know how this film's going to end. Because mm. no grown man can talk to a child in a movie unless they're going to end up shacked with the wife later on. Yep. No. With the mom. With the mom, sorry. Uh, his line, man versus Meg isn't a fight. It's a slaughter. It's a slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as if he has pre-existing history or scientific background or as if any man has ever come toe-to-toe with a Meg ever before. And again, it's just like these moments with him, it's 
you can throw the the shitty lines at the other actors and it just makes them look worse. And here it's just like, just keep Jason feeding Statham it to him. Can like, it. Just, just feed him more. He should just play every character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just different wicks on. Yeah. His head's prepped. He's ready. Yeah. yeah. No bald cap needed. <laughs> well, their, their argument is like, do we need to go back down? But they don't need to. The Meg is coming to them. Don't worry. The script writers had that problem at some point. It was like, uh, I don't know, the pocket. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get, think that's in the book. Isn't that how it gets out in the book? Yeah, I think it is. And it's fucking bullshit. Because if you <laughs> think about it, it needs this heat down there. It's like, sure, maybe that would let it out and then it would die immediately. Yeah. Well, they that's essentially... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Because sure, that can get you out, but it's cold. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And we get what what was the amazing teaser trailer for the film with the granddaughter in the pipes and she's walking around and then suddenly <laughs> Jaws this part 3 made style. me laugh really hard. Oh man. Well, how can you not laugh? It's like he the just, he just of like goes up to the glass and pauses. He's like, Hello. Just looking at a food glass. It's, <laughs> it's so a really long pause. Insane. It's hilarious. Yeah, right. Finding Nemo. That's where I was trying to think mm. of. I was. I kept having a thought where I was like, "What is this? What? Where have I seen this image?" Yeah, and it's well. Yeah, they it's have bruising. a line from Finding Nemo later they, as well. They have a song from <laughs> they... Finding Nemo later. <laughs> anyway, it is still a cool, stupid moment. The shark then goes and bites at the glass. Because in my head, I just kept thinking of Jaws three. Yeah, that's a bit. Are you getting it from? When are you not, Alex? (laughs) It's true. My this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. In one sense, because I thought this is one of the few parts of the movie where it almost sort of flirts with being a horror film. Was like, ooh, this is kind of creepy. But then it's bettered by when it takes the bite and the cuts of the boardroom and they feel the vibrations and the mother's like, my daughter, as opposed to saying her name like a parent would. Well, also, <laughs> like, just she clearly has some of the Jaws revenge stuff going on. There's like yeah, a, she's there's got a, a link. A, she's like, got a the, the whole sense. place just shook a little bit, and she thinks, "My daughter, my daughter's like, that's in trouble." And they run. They know exactly where she's at. If what's you're going a parent, on. you would say the name of your child. Oh, it's yep. little Timmy. It's like, no, it's my daughter. Everybody who's watching at home, just in case you're unaware that this is my daughter. In case we haven't established that enough, I know you think well, my dad is my husband. Like, yeah. But just to be clear, this is my daughter. This is hence, definitely, yeah. Hence me exclaiming, oh, my daughter. I'm also surprised she knows where her daughter is because up until this <laughs> point, her daughter bloody had free reign of the whole facility. It was yeah. just like turning up everywhere. I mean, well, that's why she's got light up shoes, easy to find. <laughs> yeah. And just that lack of just like, again, they're not, this is a two hour movie, but the lack of any tension building because they've chosen to like squish so much into one film. Mm-hmm. Although they go down and it's like Tom's saying, this is the first, it's stupid that it looks through the fucking window. But it is a moment of like, okay, this is kind of creepy. Maybe now it's going to fuck off and they're just going to see the bite mark. That's why you leave a bite mark. Yeah. And instead mm-hmm. they do that and you're like, okay, this is kind of creepy. And then nope, there's a whale <laughs> who's literally in a slasher movie at the door, <laughs> just pounding. Like, <laughs> uh, hello, <laughs> can you let me in please? And they don't. So then the Meg just fucking comes up behind it and eats it in front of them. <laughs> At which point I was like, to be fair, like that is perfectly legitimate prey for the Meg. Because it's like, oh, you bastards. Like, well, not really. It's, he's just, you know, he's a predator. It's the circle some... of life. Exactly. You know, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I love when the little, when the little girl goes, there is a monster and it's watching us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and, and it is so it's funny. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> watching us peering through the window. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in Deep Blue Sea 2, which we'll get to in my in the wrap-up episode when I talk about all these shark movies, the sharks literally do that constantly. In the background through windows, they're just like an eye. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So Statham's like, we've got to find it and kill it. Where Suen's like, no, we should explore all unlethal options first. So they head out on a boat that I would not be remotely comfortable in, given the size of this shark. Mm. And then they can immediately start coming across wreckage because boats are in its wake and being destroyed. It's, of course, taking out the shark poachers because the Meg has ethics. <coughs> it is the vengeful spirit of all the sharks that have died. And it's pro- as one of the characters says, it's proven aggressive towards boats. Yes, that line is so funny. <laughs> it's already proven aggressive towards boats. <laughs> That's John's favorite line. I hope you just heard him giggle. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, the fin in the water it looks fucking cool. Love a good fin. Yeah, the fin um, looks really cool. And yeah, they've got a shark cage. And they're like, let's shoot it in the mouth or the gills. But Rich Boy suggests, why don't you just put a tracker on it? So yeah, Suen comes up with this idea. So that's where he introduced the shark cage. We don't get to there. But soon uh, comes to this idea of, well, one person in the water alone is no threat to the Meg. So you'll be fine. Which is like, yeah, you're not a threat because he can eat you easily. Mm. Exactly. You're even tiny. You. Wouldn't even notice you. So Wouldn't even have up. to swallow. I, I feel like this wasn't explained enough. Like when he jumps into the water with the fucking harpoon yeah, gun, I was like, hang on a minute. How is this not completely insane? Like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand how this is in any way... Like an acceptable idea. They're just saying yeah, to make I, I, I thought I had missed something. Yeah. And I've got it in my notes here. I was like, what's the plan? I missed it. Yeah. I didn't bother rewinding. <laughs> so I was just Because they're it. fast forwarding through every single moment. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he does swim in while singing the Finding Nemo song. I, I, I missed oh, it. Is that when it. Is that when it happens? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Which apparently he just started doing. That was just <laughs> Statham being Statham. Which again, you I think Statham's just... Someone on holiday on doesn't care he's like he's basically michael kane yeah. this one he's just having a good time <laughs> yeah. they could have had rain in the background going chomp 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 <laughs> but the meg goes under so they have a little good tussle i mean they're not shy about showing the meg they're just like we're just gonna fucking show yeah it. i'm all for it me too it doesn't yeah. bother me Absolutely. give me more meg it's very jiggly yeah it's very jiggly shark oh yeah like when it's gills as well go past it's like, like the boom. whole body is rubbery Mm. Yeah, no, money was well spent on the shark. <laughs> he shoots a tracker into its fin, and then they start reeling him back in, but they do it too quickly, to which the shark is like, ooh. So then it starts following him, ooh, and we get this cool scene prey. of them, them speeding away with the shark <laughs> coming after him. It nearly obviously gets him as they start the boat. <laughs> I mean, would that not boat. just drown him? Like, pulling him backwards through the water like that? You can't not come Statham. up for air. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need air. Yeah. Or blood pressure or anything yeah. else. Have you seen Hobson Shaw? <laughs> no, I have not. That, I mean, that shot is Should so funny. Should we review that next instead of wrap up? I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, and then we have the, he jumps onto the boat and the Meg like disappears and the doctor turns to him and goes, you might be a son of a bitch, but you're sure as hell no coward. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, then they decide, all right, now we're going to try and basically... Are they trying to kill it 
well, they're, they're using like... They're trying to like euthanize it. Yeah. Oh, and also when he does jump on the boat, the woman gestures that he has a small penis. <laughs> I think that's what that meant. She does that twice. She does that twice. She's yeah, like, you still have a small dick? Yeah, she's like, I saw you in a towel. Little dick. Desperately, desperately. There was no in. outline. It was this small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're lucky you, you work out a lot. Maybe overcompensating. More like mini Ladon. <laughs> Just Ladon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know her. <laughs> yeah, so they're like taking, what was it, Entorfin or whatever they said, and they're going to put someone into a plastic shark cage that Ruby Rose has created that she says can handle 800 to 900,000 pounds per square inch in order to break the cage. But it's made of a special polycarbonate. Yeah. But we know it's crushed submarines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, by be being fair, around it, not even biting it. The cage holds up. The cage does hold up. He just tries Other than to the fact swallow that it. Has it actual whole. cage on the top and the bottom, which I think yeah. is a design flaw. Yeah. So soon goes down in the cage because again we're going to have the balance of America slash England and China, and some regular sharkies start hitting the cage, and then they suddenly mm. swim away as the Meg approaches. How do they lure in the Meg here? They're chumming the water. Yeah. While oh, she's right. in there, yeah, throwing chum okay. down. Yeah. Um, really quickly, what did you say? How many pounds of weight before it's crushed? She said to break it, eight hundred to nine hundred thousand pounds per square inch. Okay. Oh, have you had like a bite? Oh, have you? Had I a just bite looked fat? up the megalodon's power when it bites, and it's forty-one thousand pounds. Oh, so easy. This cage can outlast it. See, I, I thought I put my nose. I thought the when the shark cage goes down and like the chums coming down around it, like those wide shots. I was like, these shots in the sound design is like this is one of the fleeting, fleeting, cool points in this movie. Mm. It's like that actually kind of mm. looks cool. It's a little bit eerie. Yeah. It's a bit quiet. It just. I think I think a lot of the underwater shots looked kind of cool. Like especially, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but throughout the movie, when somebody dives from above water below water. It transitions really nicely. The way, yeah. like, it just mm. looks yeah. really slick. It looks really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just a minor plus point, and yeah, you know, I don't want to get bogged down in plus points here. So let's. So that, yeah, that, <laughs> so that, that chumming, that chumming, <laughs> the chumming looked really cool. How it sort of like yeah, curtains it was like black the, ink, just yeah, kind of like trailing down. Kind of curtains the the cage. It struck me in amidst the rest of this shit show it was like, oh, that's actually quite artistic and kind of cool looking. Mm. But this is where it comes down to, I mean, you're spending too much money. When you're spending this much money on a movie, you're never going to get to do the things that will make this movie good, which is, yeah, we need longer edits, we need longer shots, you need to build some tension, because there's so much tension that could be here, for sure. No, but, like, it doesn't cost that much to have a fucking good script, though, does it? Like, I mean... No, 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 but I'm saying even with a bad script, what you're saying is, like, these moments, they could build tension off of. Yeah. Like, all of these things when they're in yeah, the water... Yeah. Why I was always fascinated about the Meg is because it's fucking terrifying. Like you yeah. can legitimize away a great white shark as a docile creature and stuff, but a Meg is terrifying yeah. <laughs> just by its size. And yeah, it's never scary in this movie, yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. almost an accomplishment, really. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, here it goes for her vertically and then starts circling her. It looks cool. It can't break the glass. So yeah, apparently they didn't think about this. <laughs> What's but it, gonna it can do? swallow it whole. Like, obviously it was going to do this. Yeah, it just grabs in its mouth and then swims away. And obviously it's more powerful than the fucking crane that you got it attached <laughs> to. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, come on. So she manages to shoot the poison into its mouth and then it goes to swallow the cage. So Statham jumps right in. 
And uh, Money Boy says, hell yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Say, this is money well spent. Let's watch him die. This is an yeah. insane scene as he's like swimming oh, yeah. down the wire. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was just the idea just Stephen just like fuck it, I'm jumping into the water by myself to take on a megalodon. I, I don't know what like <laughs> what is he planning? I mean, he's already to do? done it once. It's just, it's just it's so ridiculous. I mean, but he's Jonas. He's only one letter away from Jonah versus the whale. Yeah, <laughs> that's how good this writing is. Which is hundred percent the book, but which we'll get to in the ending of this. Ruby Rose gets pushed in the water. I write down yay. Yeah. Um, and for some reason the Meg is so excited to get to her so let's let's go of the cage not sure why apparently doesn't notice anybody yeah. else but very excited hair, when probably she yeah you can taste just the product <laughs> <laughs> Pursuant's mask is broken and Jonas arrives and she's saying no go back to the ship I'm already gone her air runs out but he's even more of a hero than China so mm. He fucking rips it open, gets her out. The crane breaks, drops into the water. It's got to pull her, but no, they get away. Very exciting. And then the boat drops more bait into the water to lure the Meg as, as Jonas is freeing her. It gets tethered and then it gives up the fight as the toxins are gradually ingested. And the big old shark begins to sink. And again, I'm still not sure what their intentions were. Are they trying to kill it? Are they trying to capture it? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But we're going to find out in the next scene, Kasuin wakes up, learning apparently she was dead. I think that's just a joke, is it not? No, they no said you I were think dead they're serious. Ago. I think they like bring her oh. back with CPR. Oh, that, that was a dramatic moment they just kind of skipped over. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Right. Statham saved her. She asks immediately, can I just get a minute alone with the uh, <laughs> Which is like, what a ridiculous time to ask for that. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor there. needs the to make there. sure you're okay. You just died. And she's like, you know what? Just take your top off. <laughs> <laughs> They caught the Meg and they killed it. And it's hanging upside down on the boat. Seems unlikely that the crane can handle the girth mm. of this fucking yep. shark. But Nobody's measuring the mouth. Who? Yeah. We're That's getting some Jules true. moments here. Statham is standing there going, well, the bite radius of this shark is different <laughs> from the bite radius of the Meg. <laughs> is, uh, is this, did you skip over the part where somebody says, it didn't go our this way? Yeah, okay. You do it, man. It's the best. I can't remember. He's, I just wrote down. It's the verbatim. doctor. Yeah, he's like, because because the money boy's like <laughs> like it's like we succeeded, and the doctor's just looking sad and out to the ocean in this sort of meditative way. <laughs> yeah, and says, "It didn't go our way. Not for Toshi, and not for science." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We did what people always do: discover and then destroy. It's like, well, okay, so sorry, I'm meant to be having an ecological, like, you know, contemplative moment in the middle of this stupid film all of a sudden. I can almost 100% guarantee these were notes back from China. Fuck like, we need our characters to say something like this. We need to show also we're not supporting the blackfin industry over here, like all of this stuff. Yeah. But look, he's saying it didn't go away for science. You've literally captured a fucking megalodon. Like, it's right there on your ship. Like that's yeah. it's a pretty big deal, surely, right? And you've gone below the the cloud that was apparently theory. You've we've breached that three times in the space of like ninety minutes. But Toshi <laughs> died. Tom. True. Toshi <laughs> essentially committed suicide. Yeah, yeah he did. He's like this fucking group of people. <laughs> Leave so, me behind. Movie's over, right? Shark Again. is dead. They get in the head, like taking photos in there. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know if I can even say the sentence. <coughs> and then the actual Meg, which is even bigger, jumps out of the water, eats their beardy friend. This is all in one two. motion, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Chomp two Viking men. This is not the only yeah. time this type of chomp happens. Eats their friend, grabs the current dead Meg with one bite, and then lands entirely on top of their boat. Mm. Flops on top of it. And then also comes off the other side and flips the boat. To which then I think it's DJ who exclaims, Nobody said there were two! <laughs> <laughs> like, given how this script works, I'm surprised somebody didn't say there were two at some point earlier in the movie. It's like, just leading you by the hand. It's fucking, this moment's insane. Like, it's absolutely insane. But I'm also just like, this is the movie we're in. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, that that wide shot of just the big (laughs) Meg flopped on top of the boat. (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny. I'm going to mention a a film at the end of this film, so I'm not going to do it now. But Uh, it's like, yeah, but we're in just a ridiculously expensive B-movie. Yeah. And that's fine by me in theory. Mm. That's fair, that's fair. Anyway, Captain Rich Boy says it's time to get some real help, so he makes a call. Statham tells the doctor, you just relax. And then he turns to his daughter to say, it's not good. Because <laughs> he's been wounded, but he looks like he's dying. It's so funny. Just like, you'll be fine. You relax. It's really not good. I don't think it's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a brief scene as Ruby and the other doctor, Hella, are being chased by the Meg back oh, to the boat. He sake. sacrifices himself for her in a ridiculous fucking scene. Chomp As, three, Doctor Man. Which, by the way, one of my biggest pet peeves: when people sacrifice themselves for you and you do nothing until after they've been sacrificed. Yeah. She just sits in the water, so it's like, oh, his death meant nothing. Yeah. yeah. Use this time. Also, like, I mean, again, I know we've discussed through the Jaws movie, like shark facts, and you know when they feed and such. But like, I guess to the Meg, a human isn't that much of a meal, but it's just eating another fucking Meg. And it's yeah. now hungry again to come after a puny little doctor. Yep. So it, it, it is a killer. Like, it's not just feeding. It's vindictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weren't you mentioning that last time, Ali, about some of the movies where it's like the shark? I think you were talking about it in The Reef. Like, Yeah, that I appreciated that it finished its meal rather than just like yeah. hunting for yeah. sport. To the credit of this movie, I think the way that I justified it is that the Meg has never been around these animals it's just excited it's, yeah it's just uh-huh. essentially like finding its way itself. in the food chain like it doesn't know where it belongs okay. it's never eaten a human it doesn't know that it isn't it's gonna be a, worth its time it's never eaten i mean maybe it's eaten Tom, another it's at a vegas buffet yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's just like oh plate. this is new let me try like, it and see if i like it i'm a little i, I can hurting. i can totally relate to that definitely so you've won me back me too yeah. Me too. <laughs> also, with going back to when the doctor died and Ruby Rose, it sort of implied that they had some kind of bond, but I don't remember them ever really speaking before or interacting like they had some kind of connection no. that was deeper. I don't think they share. No, absolutely nothing. Or... But he suddenly yeah. makes it seem like he's a surrogate father or he's secretly yeah. in love with her or some <laughs> bullshit. He's like, you're an amazing human being, but sort out your hair. I've always loved you. <laughs> And this is where DJ, who so far had no lines, basically just steps up for a little speech. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, does ask Ruby what happened to her hair. (laughs) She's like, what happened to yours? 
How's now the pain? It doesn't look any worse than it did before. <laughs> like it's so weird. Her, anyway, her, her, hair is one of, her hair is one of the movie's best special effects, I thought. Defies gravity. <laughs> yeah, impressive. Even when wet. They get away on a little speedboat Especially thing, which by wet. the way, proportionately <laughs> this speedboat would be the size of seals splashing around to a great Yeah, mm. to a meg. <laughs> yeah. It looks cool though, with it following it. Follows them for down. 10 miles. And then a chopper turns up from the call that Money Boy did. They shoot the shark with another tracker. Why couldn't they just do that before? Call in the chopper rather than send Statham to swim out. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting a Jaws 2 kind of moment here with the shark getting the helicopter. Yeah, I was Yeah, too. me too, yeah. In the book, that happens. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's it. why I was expecting it. It's okay. That's, yeah. Okay. yeah. Father and daughter have a bonding moment. He dies. <laughs> that speech. That, that speech is... Yeah, that moment is... It's unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can see, like... Again, I think I said this at the start. You know, if the, these, are, these are two big Chinese stars. And there's Chinese backing for this film. Mm-hmm. And very obviously, it's like, okay, we have to give them this moment. And tonally and stylistically, it feels so, it feels so different yeah. to kind of the rest. Yeah. It's like, like a big it feels like, Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is the Chinese film part. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Because he, but he's like, I was so hard on you. It's like, hang on, were we meant to have picked up on this at some point mm. in the movie? We barely he... picked up on the fact that you're not married. <laughs> <laughs> so does dad's death count as a chomp? I have written down chomp, chomp question for. mark. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll defer to Alex. Yeah. Well, I had a question mark as well because I wanted to get your consensus. I've put it down as chomp for. It's an indirect chomp. Let's do it. Yeah. Sean yeah. says okay. he thinks he must have died from internal organ damage because we see absolutely nothing wrong with him when he's <laughs> removed from the water. Caused by the shark, though. Yeah. Yeah, indirect chomp. Yeah, yeah. indirect chomp. It did, did it work out. So Statham and Sean then have a moment as she mourns, and then lots of ridiculous sentences spill out from both of them. And, I feel like and that sums up this movie. But this seems just insane because they just start like saying these sort of like gradually getting more and more philosophical. But the look on both of their faces is like not only the screenwriter, but both of the actors have no idea of what they're saying. Like they don't understand any of the subtext that they're saying. (laughs) And they're just saying more words because they're like, I've heard this line in another film before. Let's say that. (laughs) It's terrible. Rich Boy says he's informed the Chinese government and Thailand and Indonesia and Australia about the Meg. And they're going to send destroyers to take it out. Well, China's going to send destroyers to take it out. Because all the other countries couldn't be fucked. (laughs) He's closing the facility until the Meg is killed. And an evac ship is coming stat in the morning. And then he's like, bye. (laughs) His own (laughs) private helicopter. I'm now mourning with you. Okay, bye. See ya. Turns out he was lying in his chopper because we can't waste time. He has depth charges just waiting for him. Uh, anyway, Statham goes to visit his ex-wife, who we've forgotten all about, because clearly she was <laughs> at some point important to this movie. And she's hanging out with the granddaughter, and this is where someone clearly said, well, what, wouldn't she have problems with the love interest? So we have to have a scene where she's really happy about it, as most ex-wives are about this new movie. But how about you just try something new? <laughs> is she meaning ethnicities? Like, it's really <laughs> fucking dodgy. <laughs> really dodgy. <laughs> and then the granddaughter comes in and says, like, says, yeah, my mum likes you. And then wiggles her eyebrows. And his ex-wife is like, oh, adorable. So adorable. weird. 
So happy to be also, here. Also, literally this. nothing has happened for anybody to see to make anyone think this. Nothing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rich boy, he's on an army boat. The chopper's in the air, deploying the depth charges. They think they killed the Meg, but it's just the whale. Um, covered in blubber. Covered yeah. In blubber. This it's is a scene very that clearly look. a whale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this scene does not look good. It, it's like lots of like CGI blue screen for like the dark of the night and shit. Yeah. It just looks weird. Anyway, they go out there. Rich boys accidentally knocked off the boat as they realize the Meg is there and come in and then <laughs> takes a bite out of the whale and then it gets him, but leaves his hand. Yeah. Like clinging on. Was this chomp meant five. to be, was this in 3D? Was it? Did I think they it was have converted. a 3D? Okay. It wasn't shot in 3D, but I think everything was converted at that point. So okay. probably, although I don't know, actually. I don't know. So our heroes then find out that Rich Boy didn't call anyone, which raises the question, why can't they? Yeah. But apparently... They do try. Mac tries, I think. Yeah. They tries once. They try and they said, oh, they didn't believe me. So, yeah. His wife, by the way, just ex-wife, just walking around fine now. <laughs> they have which a again, throwaway line. They're like, eh, it didn't hit any internal organs. She's fine. Makes sense if this is a sequel. It's because some time could have passed. But, no. Statham says, it's down to us. Let's find the Meg and then kill it. But the Meg is heading to Sanya Bay in China, one of the biggest tourist populations. And it's summertime. It's going to be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> it's big. It can move fast. Well, sure. But how fast can they move? They're out in the middle of the ocean. Mm. I don't think you can even come up with a plan in 20 minutes. But somehow they not they only come up with a plan, time. <laughs> they then rig a plan in kind of like MacGyver fashion or A-team fashion as they're all like, we see them putting shit together and get there all in 20 minutes. Yep. And this is where I wrote down, Ali, this film could become Piranha 3D, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Like we set it up, we got the big party yeah. at the end, people in the ocean. What's party time. At this point, I was like, I was so dejected at the movie at this point, I swear when it showed the beach, my first thought, like maybe doesn't reflect well on me, but my first thought was like, I just want to see a full massacre now. Like I just yep. want, mm. I want the Meg to just kill everybody. Just like mow them up. Like just a bloodbath. It was like, I, I, you want the Eli Roth film? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, it well, I mean, the Prana 3D is that. Like it yeah. is just a bloodbath. A glorious massacre at the beach is what I was hoping for, but I knew I wasn't, I knew that wasn't coming. When the Meg was swimming underneath and you're seeing all the feet, I was thinking of the game Man Eater and how they like really yeah. hold that exact same kind of image. And Absolutely. yeah, and then you're like expecting, oh, he's just going to, it's going to be yeah, a bloodbath. We'll, they we do will talk have about Man Eater people, next week in the wrap up. They do have people on the little banana boats, the literal yep. bananas. The little Jaws There throwbacks. are so yep. many Jaws throwbacks actually, yep. uh, many which I didn't catch and then I had to like find out later on mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of insane. But yeah, thousands of people out, banana boats, yep, colorful lilos, which I do like. The, I think the color coordination of the scene is very lovely. It makes for some great posters of all yeah. the different pops of bubblegum color. Sunsets but it happening. does There's, make you just wait for that scene the entire movie. Yes, mm. absolutely. And they're fleeting. Like the best shot in this entire movie, which is one of the posters, is a split second. Like yep. It's so quick. Yeah. And there's a wedding on a boat with a tiny yappy fucking dog. Bim which in. clearly doesn't like its owners because tries to swim out to the ocean. <laughs> like it <laughs> leaps off the boat and then just makes a fucking go for it. It's like, I've got to get out of this nightmare. <laughs> and then sees the Meg spin and turns around and goes, oh, actually, <laughs> I'm going to go back. 
And we get this cool shot as we follow the shark's gills from underwater as it crests the surface and all the gills are like flapping and stuff. Like, <laughs> They're so great. flappy. Looks great. Meanwhile, we meet an asshole kid with an ice lolly who's bullying his mother into <laughs> letting him go swimming. Which is also kind of a Jaws reference. It isn't kind of. This is very particular. He's even wearing the same swimming trunks, apparently. Oh, oh is he? Mm-hmm. And we get a great shot, one of the best, of the Meg below a paddle border who doesn't somehow notice it. I feel just the wake. Mm-hmm. The wake, yeah. 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 I was going to say, when you're, I think there's a lot of like drone footage of sharks swimming under surfers or whales swimming under surfers, and you like, you don't know they're there unless they like mm. reach sure, but if it's somehow. 70 foot. Yeah, Maybe. you feel like the flow of the current for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, even if it was underneath you. Have you and ever they talk about. I have. Like, I, Wait, what was that? I paddleboarded once last year. And I was so desperately trying to concentrate and standing up that there could have been anything below me. You can't focus on anything else, yeah. No idea. But they do, in the extras, talk about how much effort was put into making sure there is a wake that follows the shark because of how big it is. So, yeah, they would have been. But I guess if you're on the ocean, you're like, yeah, something, the water moves. Well, there was a lot of people on that beach, so there was a lot of of waking. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, we got people in the water bubble things. What do you call those things that people get into? The oh, spheres. Uh, yeah, those absorbs. that ball thing. Absorb things, yeah. And then the Meg snags an anchor that pushes its tracker off, <laughs> which yep. also doesn't matter. No. <laughs> like, yeah. Why even do they that? Never they never know like, where it is. They never track it to be like, oh, it's still at the beach. And then all of a sudden it appears. No. So it's just wasted money. <laughs> Anyway, and then it begins dragging. There are like these different floating docks and there are some like bikini clad women on one and then some jocks or not jocks, like nerdy guys, I guess, on the other one. And they're like trying to shout at the bikini clad women. So the Meg, yeah, knocks it, catches that, starts dragging it. And then that knocks them into the guys and then knocks into another one. And apparently there are three floating docks as a nod to Jaws with the three barrels. Yeah, right. Obscure. (laughs) Yep. And then finally, it starts fucking eating people, which I'm just like, come on. I've got chomp six, seven, and eight, mm-hmm. roughly. I mean, <laughs> I'll be amazed, Alex, because they do such a good job in this film. Because I was like, when it eats people, what's going to happen? Like, we have to see violence. Even in Jaws, yep. mm. you'd see violence. Here, they're not going to do that, but people are going to die, I think. Like, it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard to tell if there's actually people being eaten or not. Like, yeah, how many people actually died in that beach? Like, the amount of people on that beach. You don't actually, yeah, you don't see anything. You saw, like, I a honestly scene think with this, like, like, mouth like open on the six, side seven, right? yeah. and just, like, everyone falling into it yeah. or something, you know? Like, mm. uh, it's very weird. Anyway, amazing shot for the poster top down as it cuts through the colorful crowds. Which is, yeah, it's on its IMDb. I'm looking at right now. It's the pause from the trailer. It looks fucking great. Yeah, it's really cool. But it's so quick. So quick. And then it chases and grabs one of those bubble zorb things. This is like... (laughs) Which is good, because that dude is just trampling over people. Like, (laughs) fuck this asshole. He's just running people over. That was a good kill. If you go into the trivia on IMDb... The majority, vast majority of it is tech stuff. I've never seen it before. It's all about how they did certain effects, how they did sound effects. Like it's so much tech shit that someone just went in and added. Hmm. And, a lo- and one of them was about yeah, how John Turtletail was so, so particular about getting the pop of this bubble right. It took them ages <laughs> to get the pop right on this bubble, which I love. That's funny. Anyway, it's about to bite Lollipop Kid and a bunch of other kids when our team deployed a sound of whales, is it? Yeah, whale song. Well, so it's asking the mate for dinner, like, is what she says. Yeah. Go for that. 
and then Jonas. So they're enacting their inverted commas plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not convinced <laughs> that there's any plan, but he's getting chased in a little sub by the Meg. And yeah, I'd forgotten the ending of this film was different because I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to have to go inside the whale because he's Jonas. Yeah. <laughs> the shark. Oh, that's what happens in the book. It he goes in the in shark, the yeah. And still lives. Alex, I'm going to tell you right now. He goes inside the shark while at extreme depths, by the way. In his ship. Gets out of his ship. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been carrying a megalodon tooth, like we we're describing with him from before. He uses it to literally cut open the shark's heart <laughs> wow. and because he's a marine Actually, biologist he seen. knows where the heart is he knows yeah. what all the organs are oh wait in the book he's a marine biologist not a yeah he's not a action he's guy. not a statham <laughs> action hero <laughs> which they you can basically play that scene if you want to in gears of war 2 when they go inside oh, the yeah. massive worm right they do that. that's great actually i like that scene I would have enjoyed Statham doing that yeah. in this film. Yeah, just him like screaming, covered in blood. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> this is for Toshi. <laughs> and for how, does he, how does he get out, though? He manages to get out. Does he get back into his ship and maneuver Fine, out? Or does probably. he crawl? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Fucking bullshit. How does it's the ridiculous. stomach acid not... not uh, stop it. It stop. starts yeah. to, I think. Just stop. <laughs> I don't know. So Syrian then fires at the shark. Jonas dodges it. Press turn up to check out what's happening with the action because all these things are going off. And then he's got a beeline. I mean, basically the plan is we're going to shoot a missile at it. I mean, I don't <laughs> whatever. But his missiles jam because they had to, I mean, let's be fair, they had to rig it in 20 minutes while getting yeah. there. So two of the choppers then just inexplicably <laughs> fly into I love other. this. It's just a random <laughs> helicopter crash okay, just for not- no reason. Paying attention? Are they not piloted? <laughs> They're so excited. Like who's about driving? The show. So excited. They're just all looking at the Meg and not Again, at the yeah. sky. It's not that it doesn't make sense, but it's that they don't show you. <laughs> like we need to really be with them then, and then see this distraction and how excited they are. But instead, they're just like flying. No, it's just like all of a sudden this happens, and we have no idea why just or senseless how. Senseless tragic death. <laughs> like it didn't need to happen. So now one of the helicopters comes crashing down onto the deck of our hero's boat. So a whole bunch of them have to jump out. And Jonah says he's going to make this thing bleed. Yeah. <laughs> and then says, signing off. <laughs> Which definitely, as soon as this happened in the movie, I was like, here we go. He's about to fly straight yeah. into the mouth. And wow. I remembered him doing it because that, it's ridiculously stupid, but at least it's yeah. more memorable than what actually happens here. Where he cuts the well, shark Well, yeah, they open. do this because it, they know that the people who read the book are expecting that to happen. But like, well, in, also. A, in, a, in a one in a million maneuver, this is like when Luke takes down the first Death Star. It's like the odds of him turning at the exact right time and staying mm. close enough to slice along the shark's belly. It's not odds, Tom. Skill. It's the force. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he cuts open the shark's belly. It bites his sub. Water's pouring in. So he puts on his scuba gear, unfazed, and then stabs the shark in the eyeball. It... Oh, fuck. It's pretty ridiculous. So it jumps out of the water (laughs) with him riding it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like SeaWorld. As he then pushes the... I don't know what it is. What is the long thing? It's like the lungs. Harping thing. Yeah. Pushes it through the eye into the brain. 
And then thousands of sharks turn up immediately like he's Aquaman. <laughs> it's fucking... I mean, everything's ridiculous, but this is like... I can't even abide this. They just turn up to eat the Meg, which presumably, from what Ali was telling us, is the truth of how the Meg went extinct. It was yeah. a great white shark that ate it. Sharks <laughs> eat, would eat other that. sharks. Great whites sometimes eat other great whites. They think that Megs potentially ate other Megs. I wrote down, what a fucking film. <laughs> and then a, the ridiculous shot as a great white shark swims out of the Meg's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a... Do you remember the other detail of the end of the book? No. It's a female shark and she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. So you spend some oh, yeah. time with the baby. And I was... For some reason in my head, I remembered that the ending does not have Jonas ending up inside the shark and then getting out. But I thought that they stuck with having a baby reveal to set up for a sequel. I mean, they want a franchise, right? Exactly. It's got to be a setup. So I was, the whole time I was like, no, 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 there's more. And we like (laughs) sat there and watched the credits and I was like, maybe it's after the credits and there's nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And in my head, I was like, is that great white swimming out supposed to have been the baby? (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean, you do get the dog catching up to a moving boat, but, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. dog's alive. We go underwater for some somber music, and you think we're going to get a setup, but instead it just says, yeah, Finn. <laughs> Finn. I forgot about that I part. See what, I see what they did there. See what they did there? Mm. Yep. Well, by the way, we've been setting up DJ with a couple of Chinese oh, Underage girls. Yeah. DJ Chinese <laughs> underage girls that he waves at. Just... I feel like DJ really grew into the film, you know, like he started small and he really, he really took mm-hmm. control by the end and actually survived, you know, fair play. That's the end. That's the end of the Meg. Finn. Yes, indeed. Yeah. In the book also, the Meg only attacks at nighttime because its eyes are too sensitive to the daylight. To the sun. Science. Yep. <laughs> the book was, uh, yes, yeah, sequeled by one that was, wasn't called Meg. It was just called The Trench. That's actually the second one. The third book is called Primal Waters. The fourth book is called Hell's Aquarium. Wow. <laughs> That's a cool I read title. Up to there. That's what I read name. up until. Then we got into Origins, Night Stalkers, Generations, which comes out this month, July the 21st, 2020. Eee. It goes paperback. Wow. I think it's already out in hardback. And then they've already announced Purgatory, which has not been announced when it'll be out yet. It's a lot of, it's a lot of Meg content. Mm. Yeah, there's eight, eight of them. Wow. Or there will be. That's insane. Yeah, and they were like, I, I used to get excited about a movie because it was in the back of Primal Waters, I think it was, where they had like a page of like, the movie coming soon from the director <laughs> of Speed. <laughs> but no. So Steve Alton's quote is, my feeling has always been, this is a billion dollar franchise if it was done right. But to be done right, you had to get, and let's see how many we think they succeeded with, okay? He said, to be done right, you had to get the shark right. Yeah, I like the shark. Okay. Yeah, I'd go yes. Okay. You have to get the cast right. Mm. <laughs> Not everybody. And you've got to get the tone right. Uh-uh. I think yeah, there's lots of tone options. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve Allen doesn't agree with you because he says Warner Brothers have nailed it completely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy for him that he's happy. Ah. Uh, Okay, we'll talk some more about what we're doing next week and other things. But before we get to that, let's get through our overall feelings on the Meg episode that I'm still not quite sure why we did. <laughs> Ali, let's start with you this week. So I remembered thinking that this movie, I have not seen this since it came out in theaters. And I remember being like, that was really stupid, but I had fun with it. 
And it's clear that the filmmakers knew that it was stupid and leaned into the fun. I did not remember really any of the plot points at all. <laughs> and I am sure that will happen again after <laughs> this viewing. Every storyline other than there's a big shark and we got to solve that problem is just like absolutely no effort is put into it. I think this movie would be a lot better if they didn't try to force a romance between these two. It's mm -hmm. not necessary at all. It happens for hardly any time at all. But because it's so exceptionally bad, it really stands out while you're watching it. On top of that, I also just think her delivery of all of her lines is terrible. <laughs> it's really awful. Maybe she's great in other projects that she's done, but... I agree her daughter in the movie does a much better job, not just than her, but than a lot of the other actors. I still think it's fun. Like I'm still, I was excited to watch it again last night, remembering that it's stupid, but I had a good time. I think I would feel the same way if you asked me in a couple months, if I wanted to just like have popcorn, ice cream and a beer and watch this movie again. Statham is hilarious and ridiculous. This is a weird thing about me that I get called out on a lot. I've not seen any, really any big action franchises. Like I saw my first Mission Impossible movie two years ago when it came out. And I have not seen any of the other ones. I have not seen any Fast and Furious movies. So I, I have really no connection to Jason Statham. I you've love... Got a lot, you've, you've got a lot to look forward to. You haven't seen The Mechanic? I have not. I, I love... I'm going to, I like, I, as soon as we finish recording this podcast, I'm going to go rewatch him saying it's Megalodon because it's Have great. Have you watched the trailer? Because I think they use a different take in the trailer. Oh, really? I think it's even better. I haven't seen the trailer in a long time, so I'll I, go I watch it. I might be misremembering, but in the trailer, maybe it's just how it's edited in, but it's fucking like, you know, Megalodon. I mean, his voice is just insane. Yeah, I think the script could be a lot better. I still enjoy watching it for what it is. I think if they make another one, it would be really cool to actually see them put effort into exploring the science behind it. They really skip over all of that completely in this. <laughs> They're just going to say it'd be really cool if they just put some effort in. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That would be great. Put effort into the script instead of the VFX. But I think it looks great. I think the shark looks really awesome. I like that they turned it into this like really ancient looking creature. It's like very brown and speckled and maybe that's not what would happen if all of this were true and it was stuck having not seen sunlight for millions of years. But I think it looks great. It's super jiggly, which sometimes looked really weird. And other times I was like, oh, that look, that's probably what it would look like. Yeah, it's right. really dumb, but it's fun. The Thomas McCann. Well, I will say that talking about this movie for nearly two hours is a lot more fun than I had watching it. <laughs> nearly. Definitely. More than. <laughs> uh, I, get, I don't know. I feel like I need to preface this by like, like I watched this on my own, not, which, you know, I feel like my experience of watching this alone is going to be very different than watching it. You know, like I say, if we had all watched it together, we would have had a good time. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, you know, what's to say? I, I find it really, really dull. Like, I think that's my main takeaway from it. It's just so boring. Like, I was, the first 20 minutes, I was kind of up for the silliness of it. Like, I kind of like Jason Statham because he's so ridiculous. But I just, my enthusiasm just gradually just diminished just through unrelenting boredom. Like, it just never develops anything. And 
I feel like the biggest flaw in it is that it never it's never really it tries to be fun, but I never really got a sense of fun. It's like somebody who laughs at their own jokes and you're just like, I don't get this. You've got nothing you've got nothing, you know, it, it tries to force melodrama, romance, horror in a bit, comedy, adventure, and it's shit at all of it. The only thing it does vaguely well is action. Like some of the big action scenes were kind of cool. And I did I actually quite liked like <laughs> the pacing is a bit all over the place but part of me enjoyed the fact that the plot kind of just goes all you know you think it's about rescuing people at the bottom of the ocean no no that's taken care of in half an hour then it's about okay it's about this the station being under siege nope that's done in 10 minutes then they go out to get the shark that's done no no there's another like do you know what i mean there's like it just kept yeah they don't actually flesh kept any of those and part of me likes that but even throughout i just gradually lost all interest as you just realize that these characters are ridiculous the script is absurd there's just nothing to grab onto here it's way too long it's nearly two hours long um anything that doesn't involve the shark is just tedious and cliched the characters are all one-dimensional cardboard cutouts just handpicked from other action movies i don't care about any of them the script is absolutely awful and we've kind of touched on it throughout but like Throughout the movie, every character just like describes what's going on and what they're thinking. So it's like, you know, Max throwaway line about the marriage. You know, the marriage didn't work, audience. There's a bit where like Jason Statham's in the water and he's like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. It's like, yes, we can see you're in the water with the Meg. You're absolutely, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's they're literally telling you what is happening throughout the film. It's just so boneheaded. And just overall, like it's so just beige and vanilla and uninspiring it's got no personality and it's like i've seen some people praising it saying it's just a dumb b movie but like when i think of b movies i think of like they're a bit shanky and a bit like there's it's a bit kind of rough and ready this has had all the rough edges smoothed off it's got just nothing it's this big shiny expensive just that's probably the best way i can sum it up (laughs) alexander mr poop yeah, for me, I had seen this and I didn't enjoy it. So I was really not particularly looking forward to coming back to it. And I think it's interesting, like you, you mentioned, Ali, that you think, did you say like the, the creators knew they were making something stupid and they kind of went for it? But I think the complete opposite. I think they thought they were making Jurassic Park yeah. or Jaws. Well, so I, I ended up watching a scene of the making of in their extras and it's Tom you just said that you find it really annoying and described it as someone who laughs at their own jokes (laughs) and as soon as I watched the director talking about this movie I was like he makes me like it less because he thinks (laughs) he seems to think it's something very different and I just found him pretty annoying Mm -hmm. so I like that I think exactly it depends who you ask like I was looking at interviews with the producers even recently and uh, and one of the key producers was saying oh we're so glad the audiences got what we we're going for which is to not take ourselves seriously and just have fun but then you definitely have a heritage and other people involved with this film who are like we want this to be jurassic park <laughs> yeah know? and like and that's the that's the impression that i got was that it was like creators trying to to sort of make this jurassic park sort of style film but jurassic park and jaws was fucking made by Steven Spielberg, <laughs> you know, and like, and and the thing that he does well in both Jaws and Jurassic Park is he manages to create a single tone whilst balancing these shifting things between character, between like edging slightly into horror, 
edging into adventure and action and, and and Spielberg masterfully like balances that so that we do have like a thing that feels cohesive and of a single tone. Whereas this like is clearly trying to have those points, but n- nothing balances the other. And for me, it becomes like this jumbled mess where the writing is so awful and the casting is so awful that, that I feel a bit similar to you, Tom, where it just feels then tedious and uh, sort of almost incoherent. Whereas I'm like, okay, we'll just, just lean into something, lean in more to it being horror or which it doesn't do at all really, or mm. lean in more to it just being action and give me more of like the silly action and the big sequences of the Meg. Like, cause I enjoyed those moments. They were fun mm. and they were silly and the shark looked cool. But it's constantly like then flipping back to these relationships and these characters that I just don't give a shit about that are not interesting. Mm. You know, the only thing that, I, that kind of just pulls me along in a fun sense is Jason Statham because it's just like, whatever you're doing, it's wrong, but it's great. Like <laughs> yeah. like I said before, it was just mesmerizing just hearing yeah. him deliver these lines and, and act. And it's like, I'm on board with just watching you for this whole time. But everything else around it was just just really bad and and there was just no kind of balance to the film and my my feeling yeah is like i would have just loved it if they had just leaned in more to the sort of audaciousness and how grandiose and big and over the top the meg is and then just brought us more of those sequences of it like being destructive and just making more of a yeah like a, a sort of more of a monster monster film i think rather than trying to implant these relationships and these dynamics that were not written well and more planned out well so that that was my whole feeling like i don't i really don't like this film i i I could enjoy it yeah watching it all together probably and and sort of enjoying the jason statham-ness of it all but overall i think it's uh it's pretty dreadful i feel like yeah the, the rest of the movie needs to find a way to be as ridiculous uncompelling as jason statham is like you <laughs> yeah, know it's yeah. like he is better than the entire movie and i don't even know why do you know what i mean i can't i can't even tell yeah. you why but he just is <laughs> like but yeah. the rest of the movie doesn't live up to his inherent ridiculousness yeah i think that's a really good way of putting it i think for me yeah like when you get a movie that costs this much money you immediately have to know you're not going to get any tonal trust, you know, because it means there's too many cooks in the fucking kitchen. It means there's so mm. many producers and directors and writers and previous drafts of scripts and star egos and, yeah, money coming from fucking all these different places, which make it impossible almost. So, like, it's the magic thing when they do trust a director with, like, no, you get to have this much money and we'll, like, see your vision through. And the problem is, is even if they had done that here, this isn't the director for that. <laughs> This is the director of National Treasure and it's Cool Runnings. <laughs> this is not the director you give 170 million to and say we trust 100% in your vision and it'll be coherent. So yeah, you end up with what you get. Like I would have much preferred a movie that was 50 million or you know, mm. much preferred a movie because they could have like taken more risks and yeah, made it R-rated, made it scary, but again if it's not going to be scary that's fine. So my examples yeah. for this are like it's splitting all these things and I have to and I have to think about it because yeah, all I remember I saw it that one time in cinema I had all these problems with it. It was clearly a bad movie, but I did have fun with it because I saw it with a group of people. And this time I was excited. I watched it on my own. I did stop it a couple of times because it is too long while at the same time having no breathing room. So it's like it needs to be longer or shorter, basically. (laughs) But I I had a good... I've been shitting on it this whole time. I had a good time with it. Like I have a good time with it for the stupidity that it is, but it has all these problems. And then I have to like be like, oh, I was going to like slot it into next week's thing of where do I put this in? And I had to be, okay, well, what's the criteria for how you judge 
these fucking movies because they're all bad in different ways and just because this one has some money behind it doesn't mean it's better necessarily than something you know else in that list and i had to go all right jurassic park succeeds with characters succeeds by being genuinely scary and succeeds by being funny and fun and exciting and action like all that stuff it's not succeeding on that level at all so (laughs) failure (laughs) <laughs> but then I have to look at, okay, so it's a B movie because Jurassic Park is not a fucking B movie. It's like, this is a B movie with too much money, which happens very occasionally and rarely. And for me, and not many people agree with this, I know, and I don't think anyone on this call will even agree with my opinion on this one. But for me, a B movie with lots of money that I really enjoy is Kong Skull Island. So then I, for when I was watching it this time, I had to keep thinking like, how do I feel about it compared to that? And Kong Skull Island has stupid moments like this movie. It has some great effects like this movie. It has ridiculous characters that are one note doing ridiculous things. But there's a core to that fucking movie where there are scary moments in there. There is mood created in there. There is pacing created in there. And there are characters that are reacting realistically in their cartoonish bubbles to what's happening around them. Whereas in Meg... No one's doing anything that is coherent to even the logic of their own universe. You know, it's so fucking erratic. So no, it doesn't even work on like a big budget B movie level for me. And the only way it works is as the kind of film that Ali saying she doesn't watch. This is like, it kind of wants to be a Fast and Furious, just stupid. We're going to do whatever we feel like when we feel like it and just do crazy shit. And my problem is there are Fast and Furious films I can really enjoy like that. And then there are Fast and Furious films like Hobbs and Shaw that made me want to just like kill everybody who's involved with it. Like I've grown so tired of that and the obnoxious of it has accelerated so high that I can't stomach it anymore. And the Meg sadly does live in a little bit in that region for me, which is like the obnoxiousness of how clearly none of you know what you're doing mm. while spending $300 million. Mm. It's really annoying. So yeah, it's not good. Mm. <laughs> It's not a good movie. I don't think it succeeds at any of the things it could be succeeding at. But yes, I do. The caveat that you're all saying, I think is true. If you're sitting with a group of friends you can have and fun. you know the shit you're getting involved with and you can all have some Watch beers. Watch 3D. You can all be yeah. Jason Statham <laughs> in Thailand, put on a little hat, have a fucking Carlsberg. See, I, 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 I wouldn't even give it that credit. Like if I was going to, because I, as a rule, I don't like so bad it's good movies. Just, I just don't like, I don't like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And... I don't. I think it's almost given this film too much credit to go. If you get your mates around and watch it, you'll enjoy it because it's too fucking long and it's too boring. It like it's too tedious and beige at times to really, you know, it's not as it's not absurd enough. Yeah, it's I mean, silly because you can talking, laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. if you're happy yeah. laughing and talking through it. Yeah. I do think it it's doesn't a, have it doesn't have a Dennis Quaid raging on coke <laughs> yeah. running around for nine. That minutes. is what it's yeah. missing. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. Imagine that's the Statham thing. and Quaid together. No That's it. I know I was the most favorable to Jaws 3 on this show, but like when I'm ranking these films, it's so bizarre to think I enjoy Jaws 3D more <laughs> because yeah, it's no. so stupid and the effects We're, are so bad. Mm. I feel I would probably watch that if I had to choose between Meg and Jaws 3D. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We've been yeah. referencing, there's been a lot of Jaws 3D talk in our yeah. household. I feel like great. we've rest- referenced it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the Meg is like, yeah, well, anyway. Anyway, I don't know. We'll get to next week. So we're going to do the wrap-up, obviously, next week. It's going to be a pretty fun one, actually, because we've got a lot of different things we can talk about. Ranking sharks and ranking most spooky and ranking most fun and ranking best death, whatever we want. We're obviously going to be talking about things around it. There are a few things. There's, like, actually a Meg comic book that came out. There's the Jaws video game, obviously. Hmm. We'll talk about Man Eater. There's a board game. Board games. There's a whole bunch of things we can discuss. 
And I will be finished. I just watched one, which is by far the worst, by the way. Like one that was like, this is the worst fucking shark movie. Can you tell um, us what it is so I know to avoid it? No, you won't even come across oh, it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, even though it wasn't meant to get to cinemas. And then it went to sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, I will be finished. So I will include every fucking cinematic shark movie for wow. the last 20 years, at least like in, in my list of films, which I've been having trouble ranking some of them. Because that's what I mean. They're bad for different reasons. But yeah, we're obviously going to rank the Jaws films. Anything else that you've seen, feel free to chuck in. Yeah, I think that's about it really, isn't it? And then we'll be revealing what we're doing next with the show, which is going to be a change of pace. We can say that. We're not going to be doing horror for the first time ever. <gasps> it's exciting. We're going to be doing the National Lampoon Vacation movies. <laughs> hey, no one suggested that. We could totally do that. We are going to stick in genre. That's all I'll say. And I do want to leave us with one little extra thing. We chose these two movies, not Deep Blue Sea, because there's actually a new Deep Blue Sea movie coming out this month, straight to DVD. And we didn't want to do things that have sequels. Hmm. Well, I don't want to break it to you, but we're all going to see each other again because Meg 2, The Trench, is coming. Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. uh, they have finished the script. I mean, it could all still fall apart, obviously, but it made good enough money. And they've been saying it's going to happen if the script was up to scratch and they seem pretty pleased with where the script's at. So. It's and it's called bar. The Trench. Okay. And the second Do book is called The Trench. Do you know if they're bringing the back so. the, the Statham man? Yeah, I believe I read in the thing, he was like, because he was just like, if they makes money, then we'll do another one. <laughs> That's all he needs. Pay me. He just needs money, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much he got paid. I'm yeah. He gets another nice mm-hmm. holiday. Yeah. I also want to... So yeah, s- we will be back at some point for Meg 2. I want to add in... We watched a video on YouTube. I just literally YouTubed Megalodon Facts and a video from PBS came up and they have a channel called PBS Eons and it was really cool. It was like an maybe eight or 10 minute video just with like different facts about Megalodon. They have tons of really cool content about dinosaurs and just the planet over millions of years. So if anyone's bored, and looking for educational videos. The Megalodon video was really cool, and they had a lot of other really cool topics. Very nice. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, thank you. Alex, were you able to find out? No. <laughs> okay. I did find out that he did have a uh, fear of sharks that he had to overcome. Yeah. What, on the set they worked on? <laughs> yeah, in the paddling pool <laughs> yeah. they were shooting. The- <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just like seeing headlines, which uh, just kind of echo what we've all been talking about the meg is so bad it's bland (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll be back next week with the wrap-up thank you all for joining us please go and subscribe and rate it helps us out a whole damn bunch until then we're out Geeks. geeks geeks